Hello, 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 and welcome to Puff Puff Pass, where we talk about all movies that me and Christian like while high. My name is Sahara. And my name is Christian. <laughs> and today, we're going to be talking about the 2011 drama th- thriller Contagion, directed by Steven Sanderberg, written by Scott Z. Burns. Starring Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Lawrence Fishburne, Brian Cranston, and Gwyneth Paltrow. So, do you remember when this movie came out? Uh, yeah, actually. I do really? Remember. It was advertised as like a horror movie, I remember. Like, oh my god, I was listening to another podcast and they were like, <laughs> oh, I thought it was a zombie movie. And for a second there, like, I probably, I think I thought it was a zombie movie too. Like, did it scare you? Because yeah, it scared me. The trailer, I remember, scared me as a kid. Cause just because it looked like... It made, they made it look scary. Which, I mean, valid. That, I say after one, like, world-stopping pandemic, yeah, valid. Like, <laughs> I literally uh, I don't know. They could have just made it, like... A, uh, I get how it's kind of a thriller, but mm-hmm. it's also more of a mystery as well. Like, everyone's just connecting the dots, and the, the, the virus is, like, one step ahead of them every yeah. time. yeah. Um, when did you first watch it? Literally, I first watched it preparing for this podcast. Like, I would, <laughs> I, I, I've watched scenes on YouTube, yeah. but literally I watched it this one time, and I was like, alright, let's go. I remember when my family was watching it, and I, and I came in, and I saw that they were uh, watching it, and I was like, no, 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 this is scary, I'm not gonna watch it. But it was just Jude Law walking down the street, and that, like clear hazards that's on it's like I am legend but dorkier dude I'm like I was thinking to myself is it just like a shirt like did he not buy the pants to go with it and how did he like get it sealed you mentioned that when we were watching it there was a scene where he was walking down the street and I realized that like he had like loose pant legs and I was like huh he just wants his upper half forget the lower half (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that was the part that scared me. But then I think I watched it um, a little bit before 2020. Because I remember everybody was talking about it. Because we watched Outbreak. Yeah, because, right, so we, uh, in like March, mm-hmm. I think we spent, yeah, we, that was when we spent my birthday, right? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Was it? I don't know, it was March. I know yeah. that my birthday's in March. Yeah. But anyway, we were, so I remember something and we went we got a hotel for the night just to you know have our own space and uh we uh what was it we watched uh, outbreak because uh that was right after the first reports of covid in the u.s came and like and those came in like mid-january early february mm-hmm. so we're like oh whatever surely it can't be that bad <laughs> and then like we went to school the next week and uh, I remember we were in college and I remember our school was like okay after spring break we're gonna have a two week like quarantine period and then you'll all be back like mid-April and they're like alright cool bet and uh, uh little do we know I didn't see anybody I knew for two for like a whole year like that was, like it's crazy too cause that was my first semester working at like the newspaper at where I went to school and so like I met everybody for like a month and a half and then they're like right. I'm not laughing at your story I'm just laughing at the fact that you went on a tangent well we were talking about why we were watching this yeah, look at the well, we were ta- well we were talking about Outbreak so I was like oh we, we watched this because of the pandemic so I'm, I'm setting context 
context clues. <laughs> How realistic do you think this movie oh, is? Oh, realistic? Yeah. Uh, very realistic. To the point where, like, I remember when this movie came out, mm-hmm. and I was still a kid, people were like, oh, that's super unrealistic. We would never do that. And, mm. then, and, then, and then we did that. <laughs> then we did that. We exceed expectations. Do you think, like, Scott Z. Burns, who wrote Contagion, do you think he was like, no shit on this because he's just like I know what's gonna happen I know something you don't I think he kind of just watched uh, like uh, swine flu when we were kids oh yeah and how like no one took that shit seriously yeah, until yeah, like yeah, kids yeah, yeah. started dropping dead like once they got home from school oh my god I don't even remember that I just remember everybody freaking out about it and I remember thinking should I be scared of the swine flu but I think uh, since we were so little, we were just like, okay, whatever. I remember it came on the news once. And I was mm. like, Mom, what's swine flu? She's like, you got your shot. Don't worry about it. Didn't even explain Jesus it. Christ. Didn't even explain, a- answer my question. She was like, you got your shot. And I'm like, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then H1N1. I think we both can remember that. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but the reason why I ask if it's, like, super realistic, I think, um, honestly, from us living through an actual pandemic, I think... I think it's a little bit nicer, like, how everything, how people are, like, a little bit, like, they're not reacting how, like, we did, where everyone was just an asshole right off the bat. What's crazy for me, too, is, like, in the movie, that whole thing took place over the span of, like, less than a year. Literally, yeah! And then, like, when we got, we looked at COVID, and, like, a year in, and we didn't have a, an idea. Well... I take that back. We did have vaccines. We got vaccines, like, the end of 2020, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, because my vaccine card is also in March, which was yeah. a year after. Yeah. But, um... They don't have vaccine cards. They have fucking bracelets. Yeah, they have those Okay, bracelets. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Don't... We're not gonna... We're gonna get there. <laughs> I thought that was... Honestly, I thought that was cool. But on the, same, on the other hand, like, you gotta take those things off. And they're, like... Literally. If you like, if you tear like the plastic connector thing off, yeah, you're, you're just, yeah, you're literally, scared. literally. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Go on. But um, yeah. So when I was doing my research, I saw that a professor at Georgetown shows the film's ending in class to demonstrate how infectious the disease can be. Like since watching it for the first time, did you think like, oh fuck, oh shit? I mean, we kind of been drilled into our heads about how infectious disease can be. Yeah. But like, I I did notice. What was it? Uh, yeah, I noticed it, like, it was weird. And I wrote down in my notes, like, everything in order. Yeah. And, like, the very first, like, shot of the film mm-hmm. is, like, uh, oh, day two. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. And then, like, towards the end of the film, uh, where you see, mm-hmm. uh, should we talk about the end or should we just go through this? Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go through it. We're gonna go through it. Push but up. just, like, but, like, I'm, do you agree with this professor from Georgetown that how realistic it did start? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was pretty realistic how it started. Uh-huh. Now, I'm no expert, but I do think it was a little fast. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I, mean, I, sure, there are diseases that can kill you after, mm-hmm. like, two days of since contact, mm-hmm. but I felt like Beth went kind of downhill pretty fast. Oh, my God, yeah, yeah. So this, um, Scott was basically inspired by the Nipah virus. Like, did that... Have you heard of that? I've never, never heard of yeah. I've heard it. I've I don't know. never heard of wait, that. Wait, hold on, wait, hold on. Uh, Christian's gotta look it up. I, I'm looking it up. I, I'm not coming up with this on my head. Oh, yeah, let me check my memory. The nipple virus is the... <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not that smart. Uh, oh, it's like... Uh, it, you get it from bats. We don't mm. get it from bats, but bats carry it. Yeah. Okay, so, like, basically, like, 
Scott Burns was working with, like, Matt Damon on The Informant, and he was just like, what if it was this movie, but, like, with a pandemic? What's The, what's the Informant about? I have no idea. <laughs> when, when did that come but I, I looked it up, and that's, that's what, he, he inspired the, the movie. The Informant? Yeah. Like? Yeah, starring Matt Damon. Uh, oh yeah, written by Scott Stevens. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, I want to do this movie, but, like, with a pandemic. <laughs> I, I gotta. I like. I'm look, reading the description on Wikipedia. I like movies like that. I should watch it sometime. Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> Sorry, I look, I no, it's that. okay. It's okay. But the movie made like 136.5 million against its 60 million dollar budget. You made. Two, Isn't that crazy? Two, because two, I feel like nobody saw that movie. I think people saw it. I, I think it's just because we were little. I mean, I say that thing. We were like what, 11, 12. Actually, I had just turned 12. This movie came out in September, like September Ooh. 12th or 13th or something like that. I, I had turned just turned 12. Yeah. Ooh. So but, basically, but, when uh, I get through this whole movie, we're gonna ask ourselves if we should watch this high. I just, I just realized uh, we're however many minutes in, and we already know what month we were both born in. <laughs> Literally, bro. Don't give us secret information. So when we get to the end, I'm gonna ask you if you would watch this high. But like, keep that keep that answer in mind, right? <coughs> would I watch this high? Yeah. Would you watch this high? I feel like. Oh wait, wait, keep it, keep it. Save it to the end. Save it to the end. And then also, <laughs> is it a puff puff smash or a puff puff pass? So smash is a good thing. Yeah, pass it on I, I, to I, this I, nightmare blunt rotation I of this t- I cast. I too have TikTok. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I thought the cast actually was really Wait, well. that's not what I'm saying. Just well, keep well, yeah, my I know question. What you said. I know what you said. Keep my question in mind. We're going to well, save I it for answer? the end. No, we're going to save it to the end. Okay. Duh. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. All right, Contagion. So we open with Beth coughing. And it's not even like we see her. It's like a dark screen. And we just hear like her like coughing hella hard. And we see that she's at an airport. And she gets a call from John Neal. Who, like, this conversation that he starts with, bro, he's like, hey, this is John Neal, the man you just slept with. Like, if I, if you said that to me, I would, like, literally hang up the phone. Okay. I think he's so creepy. I think he's trying to be flirty, but the flirty way, the flirty way that our parents are. <laughs> Honestly. They gotta, uh, like, like, like they're. I don't know. Like, our parents grew up in the era of, like, serial killers. So, the golden age of serial killing, I should say. So, I feel like anything is less creepy than being... Oh, than John is? Yeah. I I, I think someone saying that is less creepy than John Wayne Gacy. So, after Beth is coughing or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, right before that, I believe, Uh there's, like, the cutaways of, like, all these different people sick. And, like, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait! I get to that because I wrote every every time there was like a different scene, I like, w- like I went this entire movie. But like, let's stick with like Beth for a second, where she's at the airport. You know, no one likes Beth. I literally, literally. <coughs> this is a Beth hate thing. <laughs> I, I wanted to like her because she like died, and I felt bad. But I was like, Beth's kind of a bitch. Beth kind of started this whole thing. <laughs> so like, okay, so. She's talking to Neil, right? And she's saying, hey, I gotta go. My delayed flight. I gotta, like, I gotta go. And he's like, okay, we'll call me later on our secret phone. And then you're just like, hmm, secret. Mm, are they? All right. She's got a burner phone? <laughs> well, it was a secret email. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Back then, that was pretty much the same time, so. 
But then we see her take another piece of peanuts from a shared bowl, and then she gives the bartender the card, and then we pan away from Beth to the, her to the bartender lady using the card. Do yeah. you just get an ick? You're like, ew! Yeah, because it was, <laughs> so it was that, and then, like, she served drinks to, I think, uh, the guy who was, ended up being sick in, like, uh, London, I think? Or maybe the guy, uh, I don't know. I don't remember that boy after. I was looking mm-hmm. I knew who they were, but yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. care. But it was, uh... No, I got you. Because I, I knew. I've yeah. seen the scene before. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, and she passed it in, in the guy from Tokyo. And the wait, guy wait, wait, wait. Before we get there, we're gonna stick This is literally that. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, but that was just, like... Man. Like, I'm just saying, they did, did like, the, the, the bowl, like, gross. I'm being silenced. <laughs> I'm not, babe. I got you. Anyway, but yeah, I remember the bowl of peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. You're just going too fast, okay? I, wanna, I got I'm you. I'm excited to I talk know about you're it. excited. I can tell. Okay. Sahara's already there. <laughs> I, I'm not there. He is so there! <laughs> Sahara's already there. I'm not. I'm trying to... I'm whatever. Okay, go, the go next ahead. scene we see Kowloon, Hong Kong. With It says on the screen, population 2.1 million. And then we see an obvious, sick, like, young kid. Well, he's kind of young. Like, probably, like, our age. Kind of young. On a ferry. Tw- <laughs> he's on a ferry. In our early 20s. Kind of young. And he's making his way home. And we see the camera also, sur- like, touch all of the surfaces. That he's- we see it. I'll see him touching all I the surfaces. I noticed that a lot through the film. Like, and, yeah. somewhat- and it was a good, like, tell as well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know how, like, um... It made me super anxious. I was like, don't touch that. Don't <clears> touch that. Don't like, touch okay, that. Okay, like, you know how that, um... There's that thing with, like, in movies with Apple products. Like, oh, the villain can't use Apple products. It's part of, like, their sponsorship deal. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, it was like that. Like, if the camera was following where people were touching, you would see... Or it would jump to something they touched, you know if they were sick at that moment. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you really followed, um... Uh, that one lady doctor, I won't say her name yet because we're mm-hmm. getting there. Yeah. But she eventually would like start putting things down mm-hmm. and show that. Like, the camera would <gasps> I didn't even it. notice that. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. I think she had one. So I after that. Like a folder or something. Oh my god. Okay, so <clears throat> after that. We jump to London, England, which has a population of 8.6 million on screen. We see a model at an agency, and she, too, is trying to show really bad (laughs) symptoms. Like, this is like a model. Like, she's a hot girl. You know what I mean? Sure. And, yeah, but she's, like, she's looking, like, rough. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then we also, the camera also focuses on the things that she's touching. We then jump up to a hotel where a maid shows what looks like the hotel manager discovered the body of the of the model and her body lying on the bathroom floor. Yeah. At first, I was like, oh my god, is that how Beth dies? And I'm like, oh no, Beth died like when she got back home. Mm-hmm. So, and it, like at that point, I think it cuts to the uh, uh, Alan Crew meeting. Mm-mm. No, not, not, not yet. Did he, no. did he come in there? No, no, no. Well, next, no. Next. next, we jump to Minneapolis, Minnesota, <coughs> and it pops up. Population 3.3 million. Oh, yeah. Well, and Beth- we see Beth making her way home from the airport. She's signing a document in the car. Yeah. And then she gives it to her driver. And then, then we meet her son, Clark, and then her husband, Mitch, who both greet her. Then after that, we then go to a man on the plane who is served drinks while looking over the document. And I'm not sure if it's the same document that Beth signed, but it's the same company. I think it's implied at that point. 
Yeah. I think I think this movie is very obvious with the they're sick, they're sick, pointing with the big stick or whatever. <laughs> like, look at them. Yeah, but I think I mean I wasn't I wasn't really reading it like that. I was just like, oh god, who else are they gonna infect? Who else are they gonna infect? The answer is anyone you see on screen is getting involved with the disease. I mean, not always though. <laughs> So after we see that man, he sees that he's on a bus and he starts to look visibly sick. And that's when we know that he's in Tokyo, which has the population of 36.6 million. He then passes out, which, which startles the other passengers. And that's when a man takes out his phone and starts filming the man, you know, essentially dying. Yes. And then we go back to the same kid that we saw on the ferry and he looks worse. And because um, he made it home to his family. Um, and they're trying to make him feel better. And he's like, no, I got, I got to go. got to run my normal errands. And we see through his POV that his vision is, like, really, like, out of he's it. Like, yeah, literally. And he's, like, looking bad. And if anybody has ever seen Outbreak, it's when that guy from Grey's Anatomy, when he gets to the airport, and he's like, ugh. Like, that's what that guy looks like. Remember what they looked like uh, uh, <clears throat> in Chernobyl? Mm-hmm. Was, like, the last episode? Mm-hmm. And so you're finally seeing, like, the final deterioration of that one lady's husband who yeah. was a firefighter. Is that what that guy on the finger looks like? And he showed up to Chernobyl and, like, all his skin and, like, a lot of... I don't think he looks that bad. Uh. <laughs> <clears throat> so he stumbles around, and as he tries to get his bearings, he stumbles onto incoming traffic and gets hit by a bus. Honestly, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was like, oh my god. I was like, huh? <laughs> Literally, you're like, huh? But, like, it felt like it was played for, like, ha-ha a little bit. Because I was like, mm. But not funny, ha-ha. Funny, weird. No, like, my first reaction was to laugh out loud. Which is really fucked up to say, but, like, the way it just goes onto the next scene after this guy gets hit by a bus. Um, after that, we cut to to the screen it says day three of the virus and we are in atlanta georgia at the centers for disease control and prevention and we meet dr ellis cheevers played by lawrence fishburne what a king honestly. <laughs> and um we see him walk into uh the building and he is greeted by the custodian roger who asks how to help with his son's adhd dr cheever um says he's not that kind of doctor but he knows he can refer him to some other doctors to help and i feel like in that scene alone we know how good of a guy dr cheever is i <coughs> loved him and i feel like he got the same like we love you it's dr Fauci. like in the movie like as the audience member not like as the person in the movie because people I, in the movie fucking hate him i disagree i don't like i don't think anybody okay well i, I like them yeah i don't think anybody else outside of his inner circle the yeah. people that knew him liked him yeah especially what he okay what he did was kind of shitty um do i think okay. that it okay i don't know i will say he's kind of shitty but mm-hmm. i will say the government is also shitty for yeah. not just taking his family with him yeah we then cut to San Francisco, California, population 3.5 million, where we watch two <laughs> journalists watch the video of the man who got sick on the bus. Here we meet Lorraine, who is visibly pregnant and shaken up by the video, and then Alan Krim- Krimwe- Krimwe- Krim- uh, Krimbidi. <laughs> who? Fun fa- funny enough, by the way, see, you say uh, visibly pregnant, that first scene we see, I did not notice she's literally putting her hand on her belly i did not she's like baby (laughs) okay but like because later in the movie she's like please i'm pregnant or whatever Mm -hmm. and and, uh, i was like even then i was like 
But then you gotta remember, this isn't like this made a lot of She looked pregnant. I wasn't paying... Okay, that was, that was the least important part of the scene. <laughs> also, the way she said I'm pregnant implies that it's Alan's. What? Like, just the way she said it to him. <laughs> like, please, touch this her I'm pregnant, and I'm like, are you talking? <laughs> Is he the dad? Should I know? Should I know something? Oh my god! But do you know what I mean? No! Okay, next part. Oh my god! <laughs> Let me get my Let me get my stuff together. No. You're so funny, Christian. <laughs> oh uh, my god, okay. I, don't, I, I didn't even have notes. Okay, so That's how Alan. Oh my god, so Alan. <laughs> Who sees potential to write about it? Alan starts to pitch the idea that maybe the virus is more than what it seems, and that they should report on it. While Lorraine thinks that there's not enough evidence to prove it, <laughs> then we cut back to Mitch walking into Clark's school. He's asked to pick up Clark because of his high temperature. So. <laughs> We jump again to Beth in the kitchen, trying to make herself coffee, as Mitch talks about his promising prospects for a job. Beth struggles to take hold of the mug and drops it on the kitchen floor, getting Mitch's attention. Beth complains about her arm, and Mitch tries to get her to sit down as she drops dead and starts seizing. We then see Beth on the hospital bed, and she is out of it. She's not responding to the doctors. The doctors are like, is she on anything? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. No, she's not allergic to anything. And then Beth starts seizing again, and that's when Mitch is kicked out. The next scene is the doctors telling Mitch that Beth didn't make it. And this conversation, oh my god. Like, did you... I've heard a lot of complaints that it doesn't feel realistic, but I thought it was realistic to the core, because I feel like you would react like this if they were like, oh my god, Sarah's <coughs> dead, and you were like, oh, I mean, me okay, because let's be honest, because would you believe, like, at first glance, that, like, if you brought your sick spouse in or whatever, mm-hmm. and then, like, things were not well for a second, and the doctors push you away, shut the curtain, and then, like, five minutes later come out, like, oh, by the way, oh my god. the person who was alive six minutes ago is now not did you feel like it was a bit jarring like oh my god I knew like it was beth is gone i knew it was coming but i yeah. was just like whoa what i wasn't expecting was who died next really i was like holy shit because i uh, like like they went there just yeah. immediately it's her son by the way because you know yeah. as soon as he's riding back like to back home the babysitter's like, oh my god, I tried. He started seizing. I'm, we're freaking out. We see Clark in his bed, not responding. Drool all over his mouth. Yeah. He looks so scary. Like, like you, you thought, like, oh my god. Like, I was like, the oh kid. my god. The, the second... The... Okay, I was gonna say the second person to kill. I think mm-hmm. in that, by that point, it'd been, like, the fifth person. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, did those people die before Beth? Then... Um, I think it's kind of implied that they do. Okay. I'm just it's funny, because Beth got it first, but everyone, like, three people died before. Yeah. Whatever. Also, that, that chef probably washed me. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> and Day 5 shows up on screen as we see a bullet train, and we are then arrived in Geneva, Switzerland, the World Health Organization. <laughs> Cheever voices over, and we learn that the apartments that the young man from the ferry was on... Those apartments are all under quarantine. As the family of the boy mourns him as much as they can under the conditions, his girlfriend isn't taking it well, and she takes his ashes 
to Guangdong Province, China, and we see the population is 96.1 million. But of course, she was also looking visibly sick, and by the time she makes it to where she's going, she's like dead, and she looks exactly like how Clark, like Clark, did. Like it's scary. <coughs> so, uh, that scene that where they watched a guy mm-hmm. die, uh, or the those apartments, mm-hmm. uh, those were all like in like mainland China mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, we saw the mainland, I think, but mm-hmm. uh, part of mainland China. So by that point it had spread, and what they were looking at, what they were talking about, uh, was like, oh, the virus so far is only in uh, Hong Kong. Hold on, what did I put in my notes here? Uh, the virus was only in Hong Kong, like only that was affected. But mm-hmm. here we are on video seeing someone outside of Hong Kong yeah. proper. And so uh, obviously China or their government, well, in the movie, the authorities in the area are covering up, uh, uh, they're covering up the disease. I don't want to say, uh, their government, because I don't know who runs, uh, I don't, I don't know, whatever, never mind. <laughs> no, you're fine. I don't know who takes care of the health organizations <laughs> in other countries, I barely know the United States, so. So we then cut to Chicago, Illinois, population of <laughs> 9.2 million, and we see, look who it is, John Neal. Send an ambulance as his wife tells the paramedics that he had a seizure and she claims she's also Wait, sick. That was John Neal? Yes, bro. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I said, oh, it's so literally, I've, I've heard a lot of people say this is like a revenge, like cheating kind of story. This is an anti-cheating Literally. Story. Like, oh my God. Like they're getting like Beth and John are getting the full force. And what did uh, the they turn the projector off, the lights mm-hmm. go on. All right, class, so what have we learned? If you cheat on your spouse, you and your son will die horribly. <laughs> oh my horribly. God. Which makes me like, so you know Clark is Mitch's uh, stepson, right? Yeah, and, so uh, do and, you and think, his daughter is like Jory yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 and that's his daughter. But like, do well, you think- kind of name is Jory. Okay, <laughs> literally. I thought it was maybe like a nickname or something, but I don't know what. At first I thought they said Joy, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, and then they were like, oh, Joy sounded a lot like, it sounded a lot like Jory, Joy, yeah. Jory, and I was like- Mitch got an accent. <laughs> no, but, um, gosh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I was going to say, do you think Clark is John Neal's son? Do I think Clark is... Because it's Gwyneth Paltrow's son. It's not Mitch's son. No, because I think it's implied that they mm-hmm. had a thing before they were married. Yeah. Oh, well, actually... So, let's see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before they were married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, like, oh, it, it, it would be... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't... Maybe she was married... It probably is John Neal's son. That's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> you remember, like, well, her... Well, I don't know. Because Matt Damon makes... Or Matt is the character of Mitch. Makes it sound like that, uh... They were a thing before they got married. Yeah. But that could be anything. Yeah. Is that a high school point? Yeah, that's what I initially thought. But, like, the more I watch it... Like, my second... and Like, I've watched this movie, like, three times. I didn't pick up on that. Good job. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Okay. um, Then we see... We cut to Beth's corpse getting sawed in half. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this scene. It wasn't sawed in half. Okay, okay, not in half, but, like, the top of her skull to get to her brain. Yeah, they were removing her cranium. Yeah, but, like, that scene, bro, where the guy's, like, um, he's, like, let's look at the vase. 
oh my god and then the other guy is like uh do you want me to take samples and he's like move away from the table okay and he's like wait look, look, look. but this part this part he's I like know, i know i know I he's know. like he's like <laughs> he's like should we call someone he's like call everyone okay but my thing was like the moment you, okay i understand Working in a hospital is a messy job, mm-hmm. and working in the autopsy office is probably a lot messier. Mm-hmm. The moment blood would have hit my mask... Oh my god, that did happen! I will immediately... <laughs> I, I don't know if this is uh, clean uh-huh. or ethical as a doctor, but it, I feel like you should immediately get a new mask if yours is, like, Literally. sprayed with possibly... I really wish they let us blood. see the brain. Because in my know. imagination, for me, it looked like... B- black bacteria Swiss cheese okay. is what I'm thinking the brain looked okay, like. Okay, you say that, but, like, they would probably show the brain, and you'd be like, well, well what's wrong with it? <laughs> well, I thought it was maybe, like, discolored. <laughs> Day six of the virus, and we see Dr. Aaron Mears, played by Whoa, the wonderful Kate Winslet. Dr. <laughs> <laughs> she enters the CDC meeting with Dr. Cheever, trying to figure out how rapidly infectious the disease really is. Answer very fast. <laughs> they are trying to contain it as best they can, but they are left in the dark on how people are getting sick and how to prevent more people from getting sick not just that but like they were like talking how to okay how are we gonna like tell people like mm-hmm. what to do yeah because like people are gonna freak freak out mm-hmm. ra- rationally literally so uh cheever tells mirrors that they're now attached by the cell phone he tells her if you need a resource call me if you get into a political dogfight, call me if you find yourself wide awake staring at the wall at 3 a.m wondering why you took this job call me and that's why i just love dr achiever like he's such a good guy why did i take this job two weeks till retirement (laughs) as achiever lines are being finished over a voiceover mirrors is waiting in the airport with dave love dave and he tells her how cold the weather is thinking she might get cold because she's now in minnesota about to investigate how beth died oh you betcha as, as they both start to exit the airport, Mears wants to go to work immediately. She tells us how crucial, which tells us as the audience how crucial time is when dealing with the virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next scene cuts to Mitch's daughter, Jory, arriving at the hospital. Jory? <laughs> she is told that Mitch is in isolation since being the only sole survivor in his household. For reference, Jory didn't live with them. I oh, yeah, Jory she, lived mm-hmm. with her mom. I, I honestly thought that she lives with them, but since they were on, a, like, I think a holiday or something, maybe, that, like, um, well, she went to school. go see her mom. Yeah, I think she went to, because, you know, she knows Andrew, and her and Andrew are pretty close, and I wouldn't think her and Andrew would be that close if she just visits every once in a while. So I think she lives with her dad, but she went to go visit her mom, and now she's come back. I, I assume she went to go live with her mom, because Mitch is her dad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that well, she lives primarily dad. with Mitch, but around the time that Beth and Clark died, she was visiting her mom. That is true. She does have a pretty well fleshed out bedroom, but mm-hmm. then again, and she's with Andrew. That's true. Right? Yeah. Well, no, I think I, I think they met Andrew like after. Um, who knows? But whatever. Go on. Um, she asked her dad if he's sick and that he insists that he's fine and that the illness works fast and that he felt fine. She asked about her little brother Clark and he admits that he was not around when he died. Jory starts to feel guilty saying that she should have been there and Mitch reassures her that it was good she was not there because she did not get sick. She asked when Mitch is coming home and he tells her soon. He tells her she should go to her mom's house in Wisconsin and she refuses saying that her mom has Dan and she needs to be here with her dad which is so strong for a girl her age, which I'm assuming is, like, maybe 15. Yeah. Um, we jump cut to Minnesota Department of Health, where we learned that they have had 47 cases and 8th death. 
deaths as of five that afternoon. Mir sits with the board and tells them that she believes that the virus must be respiratory. She explains what formates are and, and some of the board members fear what the public will do once they get the information that the virus is spreading rapidly. As they argue about how people, like, how people are going to stay home, who's going to work, who isn't, and who stays home with the kids, Mears goes up to the whiteboard and draws an example of how dangerous the virus truly is. She asks them what needs to be determined is for every person who gets sick, how many other people are likely to infect. She calls this number the r naught, which stands for reproductive rate of the virus. Since sending samples to the CDC, they hope to find out what this virus is. That whole scene, that one lady, that one lady, I know, I was like, can you shut the fuck up, please? Oh my it's god. Like, okay, valid. Like, yeah, you don't want to <laughs> cause a panic. That's yeah. like the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, may- maybe, maybe. <laughs> also, this goes with what uh, Cheever says. It's mm-hmm. like in a scene after this, but it's not that important. And he's at a press conference, and they're like, uh, "Aren't you afraid that you're overreacting?" He was like, "I would rather we underreact, mm-hmm. um, or we I'd rather we overreact than if we were underreacting." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's so valid." Like, because knowing what we know now, of a, a bunch of places closed down, but then. Mm-hmm some places which probably should have also closed stayed open yeah and made everything worse yeah so we cut to a close-up of yellow tubing and these caution suits being filled up with air by these two cdc like technician workers which we now learn and one of them is named ali hextel checking for holes and that's how you know they saw the outbreak names. I, don't I don't know the guy no we, we don't know the guy's name right yeah um so we learned that this location is the CDC Biosafety Level 4 Laboratory, and we see them disinfect everything and briefly talk about the Imhoff family, which is like Beth and Clark and Mitch and Jory, <laughs> because of the virus that we learned that of that morning there were 87 cases and 15 deaths have been reported. We learn that Ali, we learn from Ali that the virus is pillomorphic, but tends toward an ovid shape. It looks kind of like a glycoprotein in structure, but apparently there's nothing metamorphically <laughs> pathognomonic about it, well, <laughs> which on. I have no idea Did what the fuck that means. Just copy all of that, dude. Literally, I was like, "What did she say?" Like, okay. Because I was hoping when we did this, you would know what these words are. So, uh, where are they? Right here. So. Uh, I'm assuming Ovid means like an oval. Okay. So, so it looks so when it attacks the cell, it looks ovally. So we can break this down sentence wise. So the virus <laughs> is pleomorphic. Morbid, morphic means change. I don't know what, what the root pleo means is, or what the stem pleo is. So I have no idea. But morbid means to change. And then ovoid. Ovoid is like egg shaped, like oboe. I just said that. Whatever. <laughs> I wasn't listening to you. And then. Uh, they look like glycoproteins. A glycoprotein is, uh, it's protein, obviously, but it's like a form of uh, glycogon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be thinking glucose, but it's glycogon. Okay. And then uh, there's nothing morphological. Uh, it, like, morphologically, like, it doesn't change in, like, a known pattern or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing morph- morphologically, which means we don't recognize a pattern. Yeah. Or pathogenom- pathognomic. Um, basically, basically, it's not like any virus that we've seen ever it's not like any other virus we've ever seen and it's not like any uh, t- uh t- pattern of change we've ever seen if mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah 
so basically basically basically, oh it's a new virus yeah is all they said so we learned that best body had no idea how to fight the virus therefore the virus was just kept amplifying making her even sicker when trying to fight it they want to send samples to sussman in san francisco and hopes are still trying to figure out what the virus is uh, we see Dr. Sussman leaving his workplace, describing the virus. It shows novel characteristics and appears to be chromatic in origin virus, <laughs> which is 15 to 19 kilobases in length and contains 6 to 10 genes. As he walks further outside, we see Alan waiting for him while starting to record the conversation. Sussman continues to say that this virus is, is typical of a paramoxivirus and could mutate at some kind <laughs> but he keeps getting interrupted by Alan. Alan then realizes that they have a virus that is killing people and asks where it came from while Sussman leaves him to, while Sussman tells him to leave. So this line that Sussman says, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you it. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what you think. He says Alan says he's like a blogger and he says, Vlogging is not writing, it's graffiti with punctuation. And I said, Oh god damn. I like that line. Did you like that line? I like okay. I was like, okay. Well, I, I, I don't think he was attacking all blogging. He was mm. saying you're blogging. Like, he's like, uh, you're not a writer, you're a blogger. And, like, or something. He's it like, reminds me blogging. a lot of, like, Reddit, like, 4chan kind of guy. It's like how he's, like, the path he's going on. You know what I mean? I'm like, mm. Mm. So maybe, like, was, was like, were those, like, apps, like, popular back in 2011? Or Reddit? Yeah, or like Fortune. Reddit is, uh, came out like 2008 or 9-ish? Yeah, but do you think they're as, like, as bad as they are, like, now as they were back then? I don't think they're as bad as now as they, I, I, I think now is the worst they've ever been. I think yeah. social media just collectively gets worse with time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, like, the beer, we're getting things from us. So now it's day seven of the virus, and we're at the CDC, where Cheever is interrupted by security and told that a unit can come back from his house, which you're like, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we meet Dennis French with the Department of Homeland Security and Admiral Lyle Haggard, which is, they're all expecting to, like, talk in this meeting. But Lyle is played by Brian Cranston. I saw that. I was like, ooh. From Malcolm. He'll always be the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. I don't know what, how, any serious roles he's in. I'm like, that, that's Malcolm's dad. <laughs> so anyway, uh, during that meeting, they look over photos from China where they try to make the connection of how the virus first started up to the a week later in development. Homeland Security thinks that the virus is like a warfare attack on the United States. And Dennis asks if the bird flu could be weaponized, and Cheever tells him <laughs> it doesn't have to be weapon- weaponized. The bird's already doing that. Yeah. I said, ooh! Yeah, I was like, people underestimate like, how dangerous a virus can be. Like, COVID wasn't weaponized. Yeah. Here we are, two years later. <laughs> so, the next scene, we see children leave school in, like, droves. We hear, like, a newscaster state that the government officials are reporting the closing of Mundell Elementary School in suburban Minneapolis in response to the recent outbreak of still unknown disease that has so far taken the life of a school nurse and three students. Other schools in the district, 281, will remain open, but parents have been notified to keep any children with symptoms home. The Minnesota Department of Health is awaiting confirmation, but sources say these news cases may be connected to the sudden death of a 34-year-old IMM Elderson executive and her 6-year-old son during this holiday weekend. Yeah. 
Dude, when that scene, I don't know if, okay, so we don't have children, but, like, I work with children, and hearing their parents talk about how, like, when school got out, and they were, like, hearing, like, uh, oh, if your kid has symptoms, keep them home, keep them home, keep them home, (laughs) but they just don't. (laughs) I don't know, but for us, we were doing spring break, so we didn't go back to school. We're like, see you four weeks later. See you, see you in two weeks. <laughs> Little did I know. Um, so then we see Dr. Mears meet with the IMM Elderson uh, people to see who was in close proximity with Beth or touched what she touched. They worry about having the virus, asking about a box she may have touched or mugs or taking a class together. And Dr. Mears confirms that a virus cannot live for days on a box. And as long as she didn't have physical contact with her after her trip, that our classmates should be fine. Um, except for Aaron Barnes, who picked her up from the airport because she needed documents to be signed and sealed. As they continue the conversation, we see Aaron on a bus on his way to work, looking very sick, pale and sweaty, and just completely gross looking. Yeah. Like, you're like, ugh. Like, if I saw that, I'd be like, sir! <laughs> you know, like, nasty. <laughs> so Dr. Mears calls him, asks where he is, he's on the bus, and the music playing in the background by the way the music is made by cliff martinez and like that guy so i listen to the soundtrack right and like when the music that's playing behind this it's like oh my god i'm so scared like i don't know what's gonna happen right now i don't know like i just wanted them to make it you know what i mean yeah Yeah, like i was terrified so he, he she tells him you need to get off this bus right now and don't touch anything and you know what he touches the pole on the bus and you're like stop don't touch anything (laughs) they were like don't get near anyone i know and he sits right the bus stop where there's a bunch of people yeah but we see dr mears like slow-mo running to put a mask over his face and and you're like and i know dr mears was obviously in a rush there but Mm -hmm. she could have handled that better like don't you she freaked him yeah i just be like hey uh hop off the bus like like hey we'll we'll meet you hop off the bus and uh tell us where you're at just stay Mm -hmm. on the corner uh, and I'd be like, oh, stand out so we know where you are. So mm-hmm. you get near yeah. We then see Mitch still at the hospital being asked questions about Beth from Dr. Mears. She asked if she kept in co- uh, close contact with livestock or had any pets. Mitch says no. She asked if she was seeing anyone who was sick, anyone she may have come to contact with on a plane. Mitch says no. Dr. Mears tells him that she went through customs in Chicago at 11.15 a.m. and then took a flight to Minneapolis at 6 p.m. and asked what she could have done in Chicago during her large layover. Mitch asks if someone is sick in Chicago and then confesses that before Beth and him were married, she had a relationship with a man in Chicago named John Neal. Chicago. <laughs> he asks Dr. Mears if John is sick and asks if they got the virus from him. Maris tells him that, that she can't disclose Beth's private information and that they're investigating all possibilities, which is really sad. Very. Like, I was just like, man, bro, she, she done cheated. She done goofed. She done gahoff. <laughs> so we're back at the CDC and we see Dr. Sussman's assessment of the virus and he had molded it 
to show uh, Cheevers and Allie what the virus looks like entering the body. And we finally learn that the virus contains both bat and pig sequences. We see how the virus attaches to the host through the lungs or the brain through the model. We see that the blue represents the virus and the gold represents human. And we see that through the model that there is very little human in all virus. We find that the virus attaches itself by attacking the cells of the respiratory tract and the central nervous system. She Your describes brain. the virus attacking to, attaching to the cell like a key slipping into a lock. And Ali says, somewhere in the world, the wrong pig met up with the wrong bat. And we also learn that the virus is rapidly changing faster than they can figure it out. Dr. Cheever states that they have a novelty virus with a mortality rate in the low 20s. Novel virus. With no novelty tre- virus. Yeah, I got it from the gift shop. Shut up. With no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time, Dr. Cheever decides that no one else should work on this virus except for BSL-4 in hopes of keeping the virus contained. We cut to Dr. Sussman getting a call from Ali to tell him that the only workers working are the BSL-4. Sussman disagrees, saying he's making real progress, and Ali tells him to burn everything before hanging up. We then hear a reporter ask what cities have been affected so far. We learn it is now day eight of the virus. Dr. Cheever from the TV screen tells us that cities such as Minneapolis, Chicago, Los Angeles, Boston, Salt Lake City. Oh, at least we're taking Boston. (laughs) Are all affected and will continue to grow. You see that Alan is the one watching the TV as he does his laundry. And on a laundromat, he takes notes of the news. And as Dr. Cheever further explains how the numbers will rise since people are coming back from the holidays, as you hear this, we see Alan write down Ellis Cheever's name in his yellow notepad. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we're in, we now see the room that Dr. Cheever is in being asked questions and tells the public that he is not sure what the mortality rate of the virus is. He is then questioned about the CDC's credibility since they are overreacted in the H1N1 virus. Cheever states that the CDC would rather overreact than under to save lives. Yes, sir. And I think you mentioned that before, huh? That's what I was just talking about. Yeah. We cut to Dr. Lenora walking through the airport as Dr. Cheever explains that they are a epidemiologist. Epidemiologist? Epidemiolo- epidemiologist. <laughs> oh my goodness. Epidemiologist? Yeah, epidemiolo- yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> they, they study disease. They send her to Hong Kong to investigate how the virus first started. Dr. Cheever says it's hard to know what it is without knowing where it came from. So our first job with these things is always to find ground zero, to figure out how it jumped into the population to begin with, stating to the public that it is where Beth was before she died. Poor Beth. I know. Everyone's blaming Beth. It, it is her fault. I mean, yeah, but I don't know. You can't expect me to not think it was Beth's fault. I think it was divine intervention. Divine intervention. <laughs> You'll see what I'm talking about at the end. Okay. She- we then see that Hong Kong's population is 7.1 million. We see staff with masks as patrons make their way to the airport. Dr. Lenora arrives and meets with Sun Did Sun-Ping. you say Patreons? Patreons. Patrons. Oh my god. <laughs> Sun Fang, and they visit the old woman that was living with the kid on the ferry as a montage starts with them asking questions about the virus, hoping to trace back its steps. We see the table of people that had died in the beginning when the film first started, the kid in the ferry, the model, the businessman on the train, and finally Beth. Uh-huh. We see Damien talk with the CDC and Homeland Security and leaders around, well I'm assuming it's the leaders around the world, stating that they believe that there are 89,000 cases at this point. I think it's just other like health and safety organizations. 
I just saw a bunch of flags and I was just like, oh, the UN. <laughs> you think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's now headed towards 267,000. From their use of the model based on the R naught of two is what they can expect in the next 48 hours. They asked Dr. Cheever if they have anything to get this under control, but at this point they do not. Ali points out that the virus kills any cells that they experimented with, so it's hard to come up with a solution. She says that until we can grow it and a great deal of it, we can't experiment with it, and until then, we can't vaccinate against it. We then see Lenora and Sunfang see that Beth was at a casino in Macau using the ATM machine around 1043. Yes. They are trying to get footage of the casino floor to see or what Beth touched to see if the virus started there. Lenora sees two men arguing and asks Sun Fang if there's a problem, and he explains that those two men are from his village and a strain was found there. She asks if his family is there, and he tells her his mother is showing symptoms as he promises to get her the footage of the casino. We then see Dr. Sussman in a restaurant, and he notices a woman coughing and sweating and struggling to get water. We then see a bartender yawn into his mouth as he continues to clean the water glass. We see a parent share food with a child as they chug a glass of water, and Sussman looks on with disgust. He's like, I hate all of you. Honestly? <laughs> That's how I was for a while there at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, like, yeah? Anyone would, like, cough in public, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, <laughs> on sight. So we see Sussman jump, jump into his yellow suit, and then another one of his assistants is like, hey, are we shutting this down? He's like, oh, you go home. Uh, I'll destroy him, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at so we actually see Sussman experimenting with the cells until he's able to replicate the virus. We then see Ali and Dr. Cheever talk about how amazingly Dr. Sussman was able to grow the virus using antibodies. Dr. Sussman was able to grow it using fetal bat cell from Gligong. Um, Ali explains he was able to grow it in BSL-3, and Cheever gets upset, saying he wanted all the virus gone since it was a BSL-4 matter. Cheever is worried that he will be this he will publish but his findings, but Ali reassures him. Now day 12 of the virus and reported tells us that the CDC in the U.S. and the World Health Organization in Switzerland confirmed that Dr. Ian Sussman of San Francisco has succeeded in growing the what they now call the MEV1 virus in the laboratory That's setting. <laughs> Officials caution that the breakthrough is only the first step toward a developing a vaccine, which is still months away from human trial. The WHO estimates the number of people infected worldwide to be 8 million. Yeah. So, like, at this point, this next scene, mm-hmm. uh, you're seeing Alex uh, Kumbidi, or mm-hmm. Kumbidi. Mm-hmm. I want to say Kumbidi, but I know it's spelled... It sounds like w- Wiki. <laughs> that's what it was, yes! <laughs> I am Optimus Prime. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alan meets uh, the conspiracy theorist. He meets these, uh, this, this guy working for... Like, um, I, I thought he was, like, a stockbroker. I call him hedge fund he, guy. He's an investor. Yeah. Well, he's kind of representing a group of investors mm-hmm. that he works for, and they want to fund him or whatever because they they think they can make at money off of him. And they're like, yeah, sure. And he was like, uh, but we want to know something, like, we want to know some, something solid that we can invest in to get us going and get more people interested in uh, putting money into this. And he's like, okay, well... uh I have this little drug called Forsythia or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Forsythia is a real thing. Yeah. I'm going to look it up real quick. Mm-hmm. I forgot to do that before this. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, Forsythia, it is a real thing. But oh, it's, wow. But it's a flower. It, it sounds so fake. It, it's a genus of flowering plants. <laughs> wow. But um, I don't know why. I, I, did I mix an article? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's see. Forsythia. 
Yeah, it's like a flower. I think it's funny when um, Alan calls it popular media instead of social media. It cracks me up every single time. Well, popular media, he was talking about like... He's like, on the popular media. <laughs> he was talking about like uh, cable news, like NBC and, uh, and CNN and whatnot. But anyway. Oh my God. Anyway, but he's talking to them. He's like, yeah, um, my site is like has 2 million unique visitors at this point. And I'm going to start recommending this drug called Forsythia. And basically, Forsythia, he peddles it as a a cure. Not just a vaccine, Mm -hmm. but a cure. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you're suffering, uh, some doses of Forsythia will have you all well. (laughs) And, uh, And the investor's like, all right, bet, we'll, uh, we'll do that or whatever. And that, that'll be important. That scene alone doesn't seem like much. Like, yeah, you learn about Forsythia and learn that other people are behind this. Mm-hmm. But it plays in a lot to the end of the movie mm-hmm. where, where we see Alan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so, uh, Mit, and uh, right after that, uh, we cut to Mitch and he's in the hospital again. He's just about to leave. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, so, uh, apparently you're immune to the virus. He's like, what do you mean I'm immune? He's like, well, um... Is Dr. Mears telling you that? Yeah, it is Dr. Mears. Mm-hmm. And, but Dr. Ed Mears also lets him know that his wife was, in fact, cheating on him. And that's how this all happened. She, she doesn't tell him that. Yeah, she does. No, she, she doesn't. She, she talks about the next scene. She's like, I had to tell him. No, that. she tells him to Dr. Cheever. She doesn't tell him about to Oh, he doesn't? Mish, okay. no. I, I misremember it. But yeah. anyway. Oh, that was the other scene here. Yeah, and he's like, this Are is, you saying yeah. Like, yeah, no, no, but this is when he's like, Oh, well, can my daughter be immune? And she's like, It doesn't really work yeah, like he's that. He's like, Who knows? Because you could have gotten it from your mom. Mm-hmm. You, you, it might not pass from you, but it might pass from her. That she'll be affected by it. Yeah. But anyway, and so uh, they leave him and uh, Jory leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. And people are like in the, oh, in yeah, the lobby. They're freaking and, like out. in the ER. And yeah. they're like, Oh, we need your help. Mm-hmm. Help us. And they're like, We can't. Uh, after that, Dr. Mears goes mm-hmm. out. She talks to Dr. Cheever for a while mm-hmm. about Mitch and about how his wife cheated on him. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's before. No, we see... Uh, no, that's like right after. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it all linear. Like, this Whatever. is where... <laughs> so Dave and Mears are walking down a flight of stairs and Dave complains to his wife that how paranoid she's being and that she makes him, like, take off his clothes and leaves him in the garage and leaves him, like, a bucket of water and soap and she douses everything after he leaves with hand sanitizer. And he's like, is my wife overreacting? And she's like, no, it's stop touching your fucking face. And I was yeah, like, that, oh, that, my God. But anyway, after, Go after, after that... Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. That, that's when um he, he gives... He, he takes her to the gymnasium and she's like, okay, I need 25 airlocks, rows of 10 that's beds. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you were talking about. That was after... Okay, well, she was talking to Cheever first. No. Oh, she talked to Cheever after. Whatever. After that, who cares? Um, her and David go to that gymnasium. They're like, okay, we need 10 rows of 24, 25 rows of 10 beds or yeah. 25, whatever. So mm-hmm. Still 250. <laughs> and they look at it and they're like, okay, and we need uh, three other locations just like yeah. this. Anyway, and then like the city council, whatever. Oh, the same lady. Yeah, the that same lady. Bitch the same ass lady, lady. Who's like, oh, we're gonna cause a panic. Uh, she's there. She's like, and whose budget are you doing this on? Yours or ours? I know. She gave the whole hit thing, and she said, "Huh, <laughs> huh tough." Anyway, so uh, they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, who then is able to match? After that, they are able to match the other clusters, um, being the same genetic signature from the one in Hong Kong. So they can identify Hong Kong as where this started. Hold on, hold on, before we get there. God. 
but we get there. Boom, 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 boom. I okay. know what happens next. Okay, so we see Lenora look over the casino footage of Beth and Macau, and she sees her at a table. She's drinking drink. She's learning how to gamble. And we see a man from the train in Tokyo sitting next to her, explaining what the coin has, and asks her to blow for good luck. There's the first transmission. Okay, so when the <laughs> when they freeze frame, did you think something was wrong with your phone? Because yeah, I turned. Yeah. I thought, what the fuck? Go, go. And it happened more than once too, which I'm embarrassed to like admit. <laughs> like the second time they did, I said, "God damn it!" <laughs> Bum ass Netflix. Literally. Make, but make, now that's just the movie. Gonna make us pay for ads. <laughs> No, but then there was the part uh, after that. Okay, when you finish talking about the like the, the train of transmission or whatever, yeah, uh, you talk about Doctor Mears. Hold on, hold on. But when she talks to uh, him about Cheaper and the guy. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they talk to Cheaper about Mitch and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of are like, "Oh, are you doing okay?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Whatever." Anyway, Mitch goes back to her hotel room where she's staying because mm-hmm. they're in Minneapolis, so she doesn't live there. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then the next day, she wakes up. Oh yeah, she, and it's she, she, coughing. Coughing. Oh my god, she, I she felt so bad for she, her. She looks sick, and I was. I like, honestly, I didn't think she looked that sick, so I was like, "Oh, she's gonna pull through, right?" I genuinely think she got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not when she was talking to Mitch, mm-hmm. but like when she was there. Yeah. I genuinely that's when she got it. She might have got something else, or she might have got it. I think she got it from that bitch ass board lady. Oh, I was just going to say, or she got it from the city council just then. Because, uh, but anyway, but yeah, I felt so bad. I know, but she is so sweet. She was like, I need all the phone numbers of everyone who had contact. She called called the front desk of the hotel and said, please, the guy who brought me my room Mm -hmm. service, anyone who cleaned this room, literally, yeah, to to warn them. Yeah. Yeah. Such a sweetheart. And but then after that, we go back to Mitch or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Mitch is trying to bury, you know, his his wife and Uh son. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, everything we kind of just talked about Mm -hmm. since uh, when uh, Dr. Cheever's worrying about Dr. Mears because Dr. Mears called him and told her told him that she was sick. Yeah. Uh, that was day 14. That's two weeks after mm-hmm. Beth got infected. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, like, like the title I felt like it was like everything they were doing was happening way too slow but then like after we said that like it was going pretty fast. I was like oh my god only so two fast? weeks have gone by and I was just like why aren't they wearing masks? Only two weeks have and gone I thought by, like you know when Dr. Mears was going through the stadium like why wasn't she wearing like a mask you two know weeks what I mean? in they already tried to kill kate winslet i know literally uh, but anyway, uh, uh mitch he's at a funeral yeah home, and he's like i want to bury my wife and son mm-hmm. and uh, they're like okay listen that's great and we would love to do that mm-hmm. for you but we have insurance problems with that like their insurance won't cover them if anyone gets sick because they know when they put themselves in harm's way yeah or like uh uh, because and and for reference, they're morticians, so mm-hmm. uh, they have to follow proper procedure. Because if they just go and mess with a dead body in a way that'll get them sick or something, then on purpose, routinely, then insurance will cover them. But anyway, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, don't laugh at me. I'm not. I think it's cute. Go ahead. Anyway, don't laugh at me. <laughs> so uh, Mitch is like, I want to bury them, please. And they're like, Okay, we can't. He's like, I can't even just have have them there. And uh, he's like, I'd recommend cremation. Because, you know, their bodies aren't going to keep for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and so he's talking to, I think, either, I think he's talking to Beth's mom or. Yeah, it's Beth's mom, Sarah. Yeah, Beth's mom, Sarah. Yeah, because I was like, it would be weird if he was talking to his own mom. But anyway. (laughs) uh, 
Anyway, I thought she was such a bitch for saying like, "Oh, I know Beth loved you." Like she made a lot of mistakes, but she loved you. And I'm just like, like I think even Jory knew like something was up. If I if you got sick in Mm. the process of getting sick, you were also cheating on me. I think you deserved it. I think that was God's plan, right there. (laughs) God's plan. Also, that scene where like we see Jory so far away from like Mitch and Sarah, they're seeing it all the way across the room. As well as, like, that room is just two chairs, and it just looks so empty, okay, you know? Okay, this, this scene isn't that important, but, like, when Jory's, like, boyfriend showed up, and the, for the first No, I wrote that down, too, yeah. For the and first time, and, and it's just like, like, go, no, leave, get, get, now get! <laughs> we don't want you here, get! Go! A <laughs> uh, fucking tiny horse from Saturday Night Live. Because then I can look like Timothy Chalamet! <laughs> Sahara loves Timmy. It's not. It's yeah, not Timothy Chalamet. But after that, so um, uh, the epidemiologist, her name's Doctor Orantes. It's not really mentioned at all. Or at least I didn't catch it. But wait, her, wait. No, her name's Lorena or Lenora. Lorena Orantes. Yeah. Doctor Orantes is Lorraine. Whatever. Not the point. Either way. <laughs> either way. I'm just getting. We'll just refer to her as the epidemiologist. Yeah. The guys in. I can't say that. Epidemiologist. <laughs> Epi, like EpiPen, like uh, uh, Demi, like Lovato. So we go back to the footage of anyway, Macau. Anyway, so yeah, they're talking to the guys in China, cause, and those are the guys that are like, oh yeah, no, my mom's sick. No, you didn't sick. see the rest of the transmission. No one cares about that. I care about that. They gotta know. They gotta know what? How the other people got sick and died in the beginning. Well, they already did. Yeah, how? <laughs> okay, okay, they saw, remember when we talked about how <laughs> Beth uh, blew on that guy's hand for the dice or whatever? Yeah, that was the businessman. Yeah, uh, and then... But first, <laughs> We want to see. Ouch! Ah, <laughs> so you're, no, you're talking about the hearts that are born. <laughs> no one cares. Uh, anyway, they they learn about how everything was, tra- <laughs> was transmitted. Okay, uh, and then like they're they're leaving. Uh, they're driving off to because she she's going to the airport. She's going to go home and present her findings, or whatever. They're leaving, and the, and the guys, uh, the Chinese guys, are like. Uh, like giving each other hand signals or whatever. Like, all right, all right now they pull over. Arantes like, "What's going on?" They're like, "I need." You know, he's like, "I need you to come with me." Like, okay. Um, they go. They uh, put a. They shove her into the back of a van, and they're like, "Okay." Um, so, why are you laughing so hard? I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, uh, she gets kidnapped. It, she gets kidnapped by these guys, but it's not like a malicious thing. They're like, we just want to be able to have priority for when we get a vaccine. <laughs> like, we're gonna wait this thing out, and we're gonna like t- try and take care of the village that we're from. <laughs> so it's not that they're doing it <coughs> to be malicious. They just want like, oh, we'll give you this person back if you give us vaccine. So I counted the people that I saw in the little hut. It's literally fifty. I know. That's all they have left. Or plus the three guys that took her. 53. Yeah. 54 so like, her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I just thought that was a wild. Yeah. So we cut to the gym and we see Dave and Dr. Mears. Dr. Mears has taken up one of the beds of the gym that they previously found. And he checks on her and he tells her that Dr. Cheever is having a hard time getting her back to Atlanta. Since the uh, <laughs> medical people are on strike. Which is like we're going on strike. Literally, what happened in real life? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was wild. They said that, and I was like, "That's a little too." <laughs> Literally, what what does he know that we don't? <laughs> and Cheever asked uh, 
while to help with getting uh, mirrors back. Or it's, I think actually no, I think it's Dennis uh, from Homeland Security to help with the getting uh, mirrors back home. But they can't use those types of resources for just one person. But Cheever asked who. But oh yeah, he's talking to Lyle. Sorry. So Cheever asked uh, for a pilot who's in the isolation pause to bring him back uh, for people who are in sick in the field. And Maya tells him, like, oh, uh, Congressman went to Chicago and we're bringing him back. The president is going underground and we are shutting this motherfucking state down. Don't tell anybody yet. <laughs> why? Why did he tell him? I think Lyle set him up. He said, why would he tell him that? What was the point of telling so, him that? So I mentioned it earlier in the movie with Dr. Cheever and how he did something uh, uh, wrong. But he's still a good person, but he did something wrong. So... What we just said, um, they told him, okay. They're keep, shutting. They're keep shutting keep this on the down low down. until we're prepared to make the announcement. But every, we're going underground. Like, Congress is work is going to try and do Congress from home. Uh, the president's going underground. A uh, bunch of shit like that. Okay, but, like, they're like, okay. And he's telling Dr. Cheevers right now, who's, like, the head of the CDC in Atlanta. They're like, hey, don't. Don't tell Don't anyone. tell anyone this. this I'm going to tell you this, but shh. So afterwards, Dr. Cheevers, he immediately, like, he, he calls his wife. He's like, Okay, hey, but hey. before that, we see Alan, like, record himself. He's like, I have the virus. I'm going to take for C the, or for Cynthia. No, that's after this. That's after no, this. no, no, it's before, because I oh, have well, a linear. Oh, before, yeah. yeah, but, like, yeah. I'm just not talking about now, like, what happens there. Yeah, but, like, they cut into different parts. Well, I know they cut into different parts. I just want to talk about this now. Because oh. we were talking about the, the admirals, like, don't say anything. He's, he calls his wife. Uh, uh, Fiance, Aubrey. Okay. Okay. Yeah. At first, I thought it was his daughter. I did not. I did not catch that that was his fiance you until they were like, "Oh, congratulations on being married to Aubrey." And I said, "Who?" I thought they were married the whole time. No. Well, I will say, at first I was confused because they did get married. They did get married. Yeah. But um, anyway, he calls his fiance at the time. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" They're like, "Oh, yada yada yada." He's like, "Hey, uh, uh, you should just like uh, pack up some stuff and leave Chicago." You know. You, you know. Wink, wink, wink I'm, nudge, I'm, I'm winking a whole bunch, by the way. <laughs> oh, but, and then Roger overhears and he's like, I got people too, Dr. Cheever. Yeah, oh, by the way, Ro- uh, his name's Oscar. His name is Roger! It's Oscar. It's Roger! <laughs> Look it up, it's Roger. Oscar. <laughs> oh, uh, Contagion Oscar is going to give me the uh, <laughs> award ceremony. Oh my god! <laughs> Oscar character. Christian, it's Rod. Look up Roger. <laughs> and oh, I mentioned him in the beginning because oh, he oh, asked him. Okay. Did you look up Roger? What was the cast? Don. <laughs> so then we see Aubrey packing the essentials, like mean. water bottles, batteries. I hope you slip on a call from her friend and she's like hey what does Dr. Cheever say how serious the flu things and she's like Elizabeth I'm gonna tell you something we should get to tell anybody <laughs> get the fuck out now <laughs> which is really fucked up cause Elizabeth does snitch yeah bro I know why the fuck would you post something like that you dumb well, like, it wasn't even that. It was like she was on the phone with her friend. I know. And she was like, oh, and her friend's like, oh, what's up? She's like, oh, I'm just going somewhere. Like, why? Where, where are you going? Bro, I blame her more than I blame him. Literally. If we were being honest. Literally. 
exactly. Like, and I don't want to just say that because, like, oh, they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're, only, you're only saying that because she's a woman. No, like, she was, like, great. Okay. He told his wa- his soon-to-be wife, okay, someone mm-hmm. he cared about, mm-hmm. and he kept it down low. Like, he could have just invited her to come be with him. Yeah. He didn't have to say all that, oh, it's getting bad, but yeah. he did to, to ease her worries. Mm-hmm. I mean, to ease her worries, air mm-hmm. quotes. But, like, uh, but, like, she, out of nowhere, just told her friend. Her friend called, was like, hey, yes. what's up? And she's like, uh, I'm running away to anywhere. That's not what she said. She, well, yeah, she asked you know her. I mean. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to uh, Aubrey leaving, and there's just a line of traffic towards the city that she's leaving. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, honestly, before I left for spring break at Rose, my teacher was like, hey, so we hear the National Guard are going to come to, like, shut things down. I It never got that bad here. But, like, I was just like, oh, my God. I, I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, so... After that, we see that the pharmacy is spelling uh, Forsythia. That it's Bro. a long line of Bro, people waiting, no and we oh, learn that okay. it's day eighteen of the virus. Okay. Day eighteen. But listen, we see Lorraine, right? And this man is coughing behind her, and she's like, "Can you cover the mouth?" And he's like, "Fuck off, lady!" I said, "Oh my god!" Now that is the, the, the pandemic that we know. Okay, so like. I looked up the cast or yeah. whatever. Is it Roger? No, I'm getting there. I haven't found him yet. <laughs> uh, there's a guy here. Who, he helped produce the movie. Uh-huh. His name's Sanjay Gupta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the movie, he also plays someone. And he plays a doctor. And that doctor's name is also Sanjay Gupta. <gasps> for real? Good for him. So, so, so. then we see the pharmacist. <laughs> tell the people i don't know why she did this but she's like we can only serve 50 doses today and the people start freaking out they are pushing by front of lorraine lorraine falls on the floor this guy throws a chair through the pharmacy window i love this guy's acting credit rafael bonacci he has the tallest police officer checking dr arante's id uncredited good for him so it wasn't even credited whatever so we see no it's fine we see the guy throw the chair into the pharmacy window and then alan walks by and sees the commotion and he's like huh i know alan is such an asshole so we then see alan's a master instigator like that's all he did all he did was make people fight i somehow remember him getting like arrested and put in prison i don't remember him making bail i was like well i mean you you kind of assume oh okay just because uh, he makes bail doesn't mean he's off. That just means he doesn't have to spend the time in jail before his trial. Okay, well, anyway, we... He's not off the We're home. getting ahead. We're getting ahead. So we see Mitch and Jory drive through their town, and we see, like, stores destroyed and like, getting looted. And Jory's like, where's the firefighters? He's like, bitch, are you serious? Are you Do looking you around? Are you looking around? <laughs> Speaking of firefighters, uh, I think it's, like, later that day uh, he sees, like, a home invasion take place well, I don't oh know. that's later but yeah yeah and then like he uh calls 911 and they're like oh. due, due to the high number of calls <laughs> and then like yada 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 if you if you would like if you have found or would like if you would like to report uh a sighting or a location of a body if you have a body <laughs> yeah if you have a body press one i was like huh 
darkest time. Like, I'm getting stabbed. But no, it was like, but then like the next day, the next day he's like out in his yard or something, a truck goes blazing past and the police sirens are chasing after it. I was like, they decided oh, like, okay, to go oh to work what could that he day? have done? <laughs> they decided to go to work that day. That <laughs> night, nah. <laughs> but that day, oh yeah. He, he didn't wash his hands for the full 20 seconds. Literally. He only put one squirt of hand sanitizer on. So Mitch and Jory walk up to the grocery store and they see people grabbing what they can. And then Rich runs into a sick lady and she coughs in his face and she's like, help me! Help me! Like, what the fuck is Mitch gonna do to Okay, look, if I'm in this scenario and I were around the corner and not only some old lady just like standing there, she chose then to cough right in front of my face. She's seeing God before (laughs) before the virus takes her. You would have punched her. I would, I would, I would. <laughs> I'm making her meet God before any virus is all I'm going to say. So that, you chose right then and there to cough. And you couldn't even look into your shoulder. She hesitated. She was like, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. <coughs> I coughed in Matt Damon's face. He tells, he, Mitch tells Jory not to touch anything and they run out of the store. And then he's like, take off your gloves. Oh yeah, put, spray away. some hand sanitizer. And they see people start looting the break and the bank and then people trying to break into their car. He's like, hey, get away from there. Mitch and Joy tried like, to bro, leave don't the leave your car. <laughs> Mitch and Joy tried to leave the city but the National Guard told him to turn back around because there's a quarantine. And he's like, sir, get back the good car I'm going to detain you. And Matt Damon's like, where? <laughs> where are you going to take? Oh, yeah. I, thought- I know. And that guy was like, <laughs> he's like... He's like, that's a valid answer. <laughs> Literally. I-, I will detain you. But the thing is that those would they were in Minnesota that or they and that would be those Wisconsin National Guard. Yeah. Right? But that'd be the other way around. Either way, but that would be that state's National Guard. So yeah, they would detain you and then take you where you want to go. It'd be amazing. So then after that scene, we see Alan walking the empty, dirty streets of San Francisco with his crazy-looking hazard suit that we talked about earlier. Are you trying to leave Minnesota? Well, about to get to his home, we see a sick Lorraine and try to ask for more for Scythia. But he tells her that he uh, he got looted. For Scythia. (laughs) And no longer has any. I think he was lying because there's a scene coming up after. Uh I think he's lying. So you think uh, Alan lied about every, like, not only like, he's just a liar. He's a liar. Okay, I'm going to jump to that scene. I'm Mm going to skip the little, okay, sure, okay. We will come back to this. I just want to talk to see this scene scene now because I hate having to cut cut it up in the middle. Yeah. He tells her, I don't have any forsythia. Some guys came in the night and took it. I just, and, I just it, said that. I know, I know. And he's like, go home. I'll bring you some when I get no, some more. No, I was about to say that. Okay. But, okay, but there's something that I would have to have that I'm going to skip but come back to. Okay. Later, like, the next time we see Alan, mm-hmm. he's on his camp. He's on his computer, on his live stream. Mm-hmm. He looks rough. He, he, and he says that he's sick or whatever. Like, oh, shit. Christian, we've already talked about that. And he starts taking for Scythia. No, we talked about him sharing it. We have talked no, about him taking it. we did talk about him <laughs> Whatever. Or my, oh, sorry. No, yeah, you're right. No, yeah. I, I, no, that was when he was on TV. Yeah. Okay, so whatever. We'll, I'll, we'll get there, we'll get there we'll soon, get there. yeah. But then, Dr. Mears. <laughs> like, that's, that's the next part, so. Yeah, we do see Dr. Mears in the gym. One more She's time. unable to make it home, but the man next to her is, like, complaining about being freezing, and there's this nun, he's like, oh, let me see if I can go get you some blankets, darling. Darling. She's so fucking sweet. And the next fucking scene, we see this bitch in a body bag, bro. 
And not even the good body bags, the plastic they, ones. They, yeah, they, they they say they ran out of body bags, and like, and, the, and David. Yeah, David. Like, uh, it's Dave, it's Dave, not David. Whatever, Dave is like, mm-hmm. uh... Like, and he bought her flowers! When, when we run out of... Yeah, he bought her flowers. Oh. He was like, when, when we'd run out of body bags, and they're like, oh, two days ago, they're mm-hmm. like, are we, can we get more? Like, we try to get some from Canada, but they're waiting and seeing, as if, basically saying, oh, they have it just as bad. Mm-hmm. They're trying to use their... Okay, but the next, yeah, so sad. Rest in peace, Dr. Mears. Yeah, we love Dr. Mears. I hate, I really thought she was going to make it. I know. So the CDC is then bombarded with protesters, which is actually pretty true to real life. And we now see that the public no longer trusts the CDC. Then we see Cheever tries to do damage control by going on air to clear up as many miscommunications as he can, when Alan is also interviewed as well by putting Cheever on the hot seat, creating more public panic. Alan advocates for Forsythia, but Cheever says there's no real science to back it up, if Forsythia even really works to combat the virus. Cheever states that Alan is spreading fear rather than fill facts, which is more dangerous than the virus. And then Alan goes on the most memorable monologue where I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, he spit. Yeah, literally, he's like, on day one, there are two people with it, and then there were four, and then it was 16, and you think you got in front of you, the next is 256, and then it's 65,000, and it's behind you, and it's above you, and it's all around you, and 30 steps, it's a billion sick, three months, it's a math problem you can do on a napkin, and that's where we're headed, and that's why you won't even tell us the number of the dead, and you're just like, oh my god, and then he accuses of, like he knows, because Elizabeth posted about her leaving, and he's like, oh, well, if Dr. Cheever's so trustful, why did he tell his family to get out of the city and not tell the rest of us? Oh, well, she didn't post it, but it was like, I'm pretty sure it was just word spread, like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, Dr. Cheever's, who works at CUC, his wife told, my friend who told me, mm-hmm. I think it was just word of mouth started spreading, and eventually they got it from Dr. Cheever's. That, or that was a really lucky fucking guess. Literally. But anyway, but, uh, so after that, uh, where are we? That's when, like, oh, Lyle... Oh, uh, oh, no, b- before we move on, uh-huh. um, remember when people were, like, not only buying, like, horse tapeworm medicine, but they were ingesting it? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's for Scythia in our timeline, Ivermectin. Literally. Like, I, I, I it, when I saw that, I was like, no shot. <laughs> like, because I understand, like, miracle cures, like, uh, some people th- uh, think essential oils mm-hmm. that can cure them mm-hmm. or uh say or uh burning sage 24 7 <laughs> in every room in the house mm-hmm. will cure all, all their ailments or drinking mercury looking at you ancient china <laughs> but uh like i get that but mm-hmm. like taking a medicine that works for something else yeah is not usually not a good time yeah I feel like medicine that doesn't work for what you want mm-hmm. is the medicine you don't want mm-hmm. if all Whatever, go on. It's like, I have a headache. Here's some anti-diarrhea meds. (laughs) Literally. So we see Lyle, it tells Cheever that the public is looking for a scapegoat, and he just made it easy, and that they should take what he did, that they should take what he did to to the attorney general, but there's no one around to replace him. But he tells uh, Cheever that this is going to be investigated, like, you know. So then we learn it's day 21 of the virus, and we see uh, the WHO techs that work with Ali check updated phylogenic analysis, then seeing that he might find something new, and he calls Ali. That's when Ali tells Cheever that the virus has mutated, reaching African HIV AIDS type, AIDS type numbers. Uh, sorry. Okay. okay, so 
when they were like, oh, the virus is mutated. Mm-hmm. Do you know what my very first thought was? What? When we were watching Outbreak, mm-hmm. and uh, Dustin Hoffman's character is looking around, and he looks up at the vents, he's like, it's, it's airborne. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. Me, me when uh, my fucking bird flies off. It's airborne. <laughs> me when I take off on vacation it's from the airport. Stop. It's airborne. There's a, they call it the cluster me cluster. Me when I see the letters I-T apostrophe and an S start flying. So it's I, airborne. How he does. Gee, they have to find a new R not. So we cut to a cage of a monkey they're testing the vaccine on, and they put the monkey, monkey. in a body bag. So the testing didn't put work. Put a body bag. Stop. <laughs> we see Allie and Cheever talking, asking her if that he can grow it, then we should be able to find a vaccine. And she said that that was true once, but is no longer the case. Allie explains that they tried to make one with the dead virus, combined with several antifins to boost the immune response, but no productivity of the antibodies survived. Cheever asked her if there's any good news, and she tells him that they must try a live annotated virus, and with that comes the danger of the possibility that it will kill its host. And, what, s- and what's the good news? Well, um, every team uh, in the MLB backed out of the World Series, except for the Mets, who kind of <laughs> just forgot to, so they finally won a World Series. Good for them. Yay. So Cheever tells the U.S. military that the mortality rate of the virus is between 25 to 30 percent, depending on how the person had underlying health conditions, socioeconomic fast factors, nutrition, and fresh water. He warns that the new mutation, that the new or not, was less than four and still without a vaccine, and can predict one in 12 people on the planet will contact the virus. It was at this point where I was like, oh shit. Literally. Uh, was this when uh, Dr. Hextall starts doing her thing? Oh, um, wait, no, no, no. 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 Uh, you see Mitch's boyfriend. Again. Or not Mitch's, Mitch's daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> Mitch's boyfriend. So anyway. He moved on quick, okay? <laughs> so, we green, start to see a montage own way. of different, like, places, like a mosque. The streets are empty. They're filthy. Jerk. We start to see memorials of people as we can see how empty these ones busy, once busy places once we came. Yeah. And I worked during our shutdown, but you didn't. Did it feel empty to you? Because for me, it completely did because I was driving. So I never saw any of my neighbors at the mm-hmm. time anyway. So walking around the neighborhood mm-hmm. like, just to get out of the house yeah. was, like, was pretty much the same. Yeah. Cars were still going by. Yeah. Was, like, it's not like people stopped going I hardly ever saw a car when I was driving out and about. Dude, yeah, it was nice. (laughs) It was nice. Yes, gas was cheap. If gas was that cheap again, $15 to fill up my tank, bro. If gas was that cheap, like now, I would just drive around. I literally have a little drive a day at night. Guys, it it costs almost 40 bucks to fill up my tank. Almost 40. Like today? No, I didn't fill it up today. I filled it up like a couple. My mom did. She paid for it. My mommy. So then we see that Lorraine has passed away from the memorial that is standing outside her house as Alan, as Alan had come with the for Cynthia as promised, but he was too late. We see a terminal just completely empty. Hear me out. Hear me out. Must be so nice. I think he knew. I think he knew she died. Really? She was way too far gone. Yeah. Like, she was at the point where she was, like, she was She's, at, Yeah, she said she, she had a seizure. She was at where Beth was at. Yeah. It was a miracle. We saw her try and hobble away. It was mm. a miracle she was walking. That's what I was saying. I was like, oh, my God. How come you thought the babies was Alan? 
Well, because, I don't know, I feel like she was trying to guilt him into that. Oh I, I know they were only co-workers, yeah. and you don't ever see them in any Yeah, that's why I'm really confused that you But, I don't know, it was just, I felt like it was just the way she was, like, gesturing toward him, like, holding her stomach, like, yeah. looking at him, like... I think it was more like, oh, think of the baby, please be tr- pro-life. I guess. Please <laughs> be pro-life. Uh, he's, a, he's a medical revolutionary, but he's a... Uh, a child-murdering psychopath. Well. <laughs> I mean, technically, he probably did kill some kids, but that's, I, I don't mean like. Oh with God! His hand. Did I, I mean, go like, too far? Oh uh, wait, no. So it looks like the military is giving out MREs to people waiting in line. It is day twenty-six of the virus. Have you ever had an MRI? Yeah, we tried for one more. Well, I tried it, but you. Yeah, because it was like taco or something like that, and they yeah. had like pudding. That one wasn't that good. No. I, I should, we should get a couple. I mean, they're actually they're expensive. We're not good. <laughs> It's like a it's like a month's worth of groceries for just like five of them. So Mitch waits in line for his box, but the man tells the people waiting in line that all MREs have been giving out. Out of fear, people in line start attacking the people who have gotten theirs of hopes of grabbing one for themselves. Mitch helps a woman that was attacked as she gets up to get up towards the truck. As many people are as they believe are hiding more MREs in the back of the truck, and Mitch is just standing there like it's empty. <laughs> Literally, there's nothing in there. You dumb fuck. That, that, that annoyed. That was. I was still relatable to Mitch. I was like, yeah, there, it is in fact empty. So Mitch and his daughter watch the news as the newscaster tells them that the U.S. death toll is believed to reach 2.5 million. That Hot. the president has issued curfews due to riots. Mitch puts Jory to bed when he hears gunshots oh, and looks out the window to see that his neighbors have been flashes of lights in their home. And Mitch calls 911. And 911 like, oh. <laughs> yes. calls. Yeah. I should have written it down. It was one of those things that's like, oh, it's not going to matter. Day 29 of the virus, we see a truck trying to outrun the cops. And Mitch goes to check on his neighbors. Which I thought was funny because I mentioned it earlier. Because it's like two cops. It's two cop cars chasing this one truck. But, like, they couldn't come to, like, someone. I know. I was like, what the hell? So Mitch yeah. goes door to door. Yeah, he just starts looting. Yeah, literally, door. like an asshole. Yeah, Mitch. He's is, like, I'm gonna call nine one one. Never mind. I'll like he like you. he like is breaking into his neighbors' houses. I mean, they're not there, so I guess it's fine. But he was like, uh, <laughs> someone's gonna use that as my excuse. Be like, ah, well, Sarah and Christian, they just left their house. They obviously didn't want it anymore, and they break in. We come all back with all our groceries. What the fuck? They took our stairs. <laughs> they took our stairs. But, uh, no. So Mitch finds a shotgun. He makes it home and he My calls for Jory. And Jory is out and she's making snow angels with Andrew. They were about to make snow kids, bro. <laughs> so Andrew tries to kiss Jory, but Mitch is like, uh, uh, uh. Uh, 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 uh,
another cage with another monkey. I, I, I bring that up. Well, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you when we get to that point. But yeah. I'll, I'll tell you when we bring that up. Okay. <laughs> it's not the water. We see before. another monkey injected with vaccine number 57, and so far has no disease. I thought this monkey was a girl, so I'm just going to call her. She, she's, so, giving, she's giving feminine energy. I just realized that uh, they're trying to like, put it in the water supply and like, help people. I'm like, oh, so it's like the opposite of like Ra's al Ghul's plan from like Batman Begins. <laughs> that sounded so fake to me. I was like, put it in the water supply. Literally, literally. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like the Groove meme. I break into the Gotham City water supply. I put the chemicals in. I help the people. I help the people. So Ali sees that the monkey is still sick, so she looks at him with hope in her eyes. She takes a vial of vaccine 57 and injects herself with it as she rides to the hospital to see her dad who is sick. What if she was just like ready to, like, what if she was sick? She's like, well, I'm gonna shoot up and overdose and die. You know, Allie is such she, a, she's a wild one for that. She's a wild one. Because, like, what if, what if she was wrong? I know. Like, it's not, such a white woman like, complex. Okay, look, I, 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 I would understand her <laughs> predicament, like, her dad's dying yeah. or whatever, and that was, like, her role model. Yeah. Uh, you see her dad in that scene, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I totally but, know. Well, okay, just making sure they know. And, uh, and you feel like it's for the greater good, but, like, what if you're wrong, and there, you, for some reason, you know something that no one else does, like, mm -hmm. the other people who knew it died or something. Mm -hmm. You just screwed over everyone for what? <laughs> She was like, oh, and then she was like uh, talking about the guy who uh, tested on himself to, because he was proving that stomach ulcers were caused by bacteria mm -hmm. and not like uh, stress. And he, Did he, you see how excited they got when they were like, oh, he won a, 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 a Nobel Prize. Yeah, whatever. We're going to say the book prize. The Pulitzer. <laughs> he won a Pulitzer Prize. That, it was a really well-written report. <laughs> really well-written report. Okay, anyway, she she's testing herself with an experimental, experimental vaccine. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah, and that's when they start mass producing it and said it will take a year for everyone okay, to get vaccinated. Okay, but then Cheever's wife, or fiancé at this point. But they go married. Yeah, okay. Some dude just broke into her Yes, her okay, house. yeah, day 131. People are breaking into her house looking for it, which is so shitty. Because why would she have it? Yeah, I just, why would they have it at home? They're just hiding a stockpile Literally. there. Like, that was yeah. a, they did not think that, that one out. That was so out. terrible. Cause and e I, okay, because listen, even if they only had the two doses mm -hmm. for themselves, three people broke Literally, into their house. Literally, yeah. So, oh, so who's, doing, who's potentially going to jail for nothing? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and then we see the Red Cross and, like, helicopters enter, like, bulks of the vaccine. FBI, open up! Cheever checks on Aubrey, and she tells him that people broke in knew where he worked, and that they waited for him to leave to break in. And he asked her if they look sick, and she tells him they had masks and gloves, and they didn't touch her. You know, I didn't know what they were implying. I was yeah, like, did he touch you? I was like, oh, like, assault? And yeah, they, yeah, they I was like, 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 rape her? Or are you sick? Yeah, like, hey, I wasn't uh, sure what they were implying. Priority. He has his priority. Yeah. You know, I, I would treat you like that, too, if you uh, had made, if you'd made me get caught for trying to help you, and mm -hmm. then I have to go testify in Congress, <laughs> and everyone thinks that I'm a lying scumbag. Now, I would, I would do that, too. Like, oh, are you sick? Like, are you, you going to ask if I'm all right? I'm like, <laughs> why would I? So we see Alan in the same park as earlier. Cheever's a better man Talking than about, literally, talking about the big farmer. <laughs> the big farmer got rich during the Spanish flu. You know that Alan made money off of the Forsythia. Hedge fund guy says Forsythia does not work. There are no studies to prove that it does. Which is crazy because this this is the same guy from earlier who was asking about, like, oh, give us something that we can be sure about investing mm -hmm. in. Which, by the way, is 
fraud, by the way. It's called, it's uh, insider trading. But um, anyway, but uh, anyway, so I don't know how he is also not getting involved. Like, granted, wearing a wire. yeah. Anyway, he is wearing a wire. Yeah. Like it's crazy how he found out. He's like, because, are you wearing a wire? No, 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 not that. Uh, Alan, he looked over at, like, mm-hmm. the guy who was changing the trash can. The I know, they just all happened to make eye contact. Yeah, they just happened to make eye contact, and the trash can got changer guy. And Alan's like, do you, do you know him? <laughs> Which is such a wild question to ask to the guy that you're talking to. <laughs> the way he reacted was, like, a He's normal like, you know reaction him? of, like, and it, it means, what? Like, do you know him? Are you, wearing, are you wearing a wire? Opens his saying after having no indication of wearing a wire. Dude, you fucking sprints. Cause he was running. I, okay, I know that they're fast because it's Homeland Security, but like he was like. <gasps> he was not fast. I thought he was pretty fast. I could smoke the fuck out of Jude Law. <laughs> it wouldn't even be close. I don't know why, but I picture Jude Law a lot older, so I'm very confused. I'm like, why does he look so young? I need to watch Enemy at the Gate. I haven't seen it <laughs> again, all the way through. Oh, I have seen it, just been a long time. Uh, so Dennis French arrests him. Jude, uh, Enemy at the Gate's featuring Jude yeah, Law. Yeah. <laughs> Alan is arrested for security fraud, conspiracy, and manslaughter. And likely manslaughter. Because <laughs> they can't, they're like, we're not sure if we can prove the fact that what you said got people killed, but. And so the next scene is the balls rolling like they do for like the Powerball things. I, th- I thought it was funny. It was like, the I first one was the so day after. fucking shitty, bro. The first, uh, also the first uh, ping pong ball is the, the day. The day before your birthday! Yeah, it's, it's the day, it's, it's March 10th. Yeah! My, the very first Powerball for the vaccine lottery was March 10th. My birthday is March 9th. My IRL birthday is March 9th. <laughs> so I was like, wow. I knew when I watched it. I was like, this is going to fit Christian. I was like, well, now I know who's day 365. Literally! <laughs> that is so fucking shitty. I would kill myself. Oh my god. Oh my god. I want to go home now. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, but uh, so uh, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, uh, did I get, oh no, next part. So uh, uh, those guys from China, since there's a vaccine now, the, the guns, the ones Wait, are hold on, b- b- before we get there. Uh, so uh, that's when like Mitch and Jory are watching the news and she's worried that they'll run out. He's like, and Mitch is like, oh, they're not going to run out. And you know, Jory goes into her monologue where she's like, so instead we lose spring. Summer, lose another 144. What? I thought that was so powerful. You can still go outside. No, but she's <sighs> talking about missing out. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Seriously. Don't cough me. She. she um, but for me, it was like, oh, like, especially how my sister felt going through the like, pandemic. She missed out on her prom, her senior prom. Wow. Christian, stop. And she missed out on her high school graduation. <laughs> so I understand where Jory's coming from. Because that's, like, she's missing out on her childhood is essentially what she's saying. I don't know if I'm just saying this because I enjoyed the online classes a lot more, but yeah. pandemic, best time of my life. <laughs> Easily, I got more work done academically than any other in my life. And it wasn't even because I was cheating. <laughs> what? Like, well, you get the exam, obviously you have the answers. <laughs> even if, whatever, not the point. Um, I'm kidding, by the way. But, like, sure. I, I've never cheated on an exam. <laughs> uh, Alright, you can talk about the village now. Well, okay, Sahara, why would I cheat on an exam and then still get us, like, a fucking 67 on it? <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. You're accusing me of cheating. <laughs> no, anyway, go on. Oh what were you saying? God. 
even in May, y'all. <laughs> like he's done with college and you're pressed. I ain't pressed. <laughs> they still haven't mailed my diploma oh yet, my so you never know. God. I, I'm oh supposed to get, the, God. get it in September. It's ju uh, July right now. It's hot, by the way. <laughs> Go on. Okay. So we cut Say back to piece. the village that Lorena is at. Yeah, she's man. teaching the children. And Sun Peng tells A her. A is for apple. <laughs> That she has to go back to the city. So that's when they're like using her as, you know, a bargaining chip for the vaccine. And we see Damien. Damien trying to bargain for her. Secret and Sunfan asked if the vaccine is French or American. And Damien tells him that it's Chinese. And Sunfang looks on the disappointment. He's like, mm, I don't trust this. And then Damien reassures him it's the same thing and that it's safe to use. As Damien asks for Lenora's return, she takes the vaccine and hopes they're telling the truth. Lenora goes with Damien as Sunfang takes the vaccine back to his village. At the airport, Damien gives her the real vaccine because the one Sunfang has was a placebo. Which I thought was so, so shitty. Shit. I understand because technically they were doing it and the yeah. Chinese government was like, told them like, don't give them a real one. Yeah. Because I guess every, worldwide people have been kidnapped. Yeah, literally. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. Which is about. so wild because that never happened for us. Yeah. But granted, our problem was that people didn't want to take the vaccine. <laughs> literally. We had, we, this is the good universe. This is where they won. <laughs> we, had, we had the, we had the, uh, the, the opposite effect. Literally. We, we like, People and like like there was something this contagion was completely right about, mm -hmm. and then there were th other things that were completely wrong. Oh, like wrong. when Alan was talking about the vaccine, he's like, "Oh, it's too fast. Or you guys are gonna who knows if they're gonna grow heads on your shoulders." Which is like I, so what somebody actually said about the vaccine like, we took. Yeah, he was like, "What if it'll cause autism in ten Literally. years?" Literally, <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, "Huh." Because there were some things they were completely right at, and then some things they were completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't, in this universe, everyone won the vaccine to, like, yeah. the point of, like, killing each other over it. Yeah. In our universe, it was like, oh, I don't want to get the vaccine, and I'm going to kill 50 people in the process. <laughs> oh, God. So, Slowly. Well, they so, Lenora, Lenora is, like, looks on with disgust, and she starts sprinting out of that airport. She's like, gotta get something. We never and, see her again, by the way. I know, that's the last time we see her, and I'm like, what about this Lenora and something? Romance that we got going. We don't, there was nothing going. Though. There was definitely something going. Oh, there. you think they had sexual? Yeah. I don't think they have any sex. I'm just saying that there was, there was definitely sex. Because she enjoyed being there. How long have we been recording from now? I think almost two hours. Yeah, I'm like, it's like gone past midnight. I'm like, huh? <laughs> Happy July 3rd, everybody. <laughs> One more day until the Republicans come out. Like they come out once a year to do the little they, dancey dance. They do the little dancey dance. And then they grow up like a And then they, hi they hibernate. They hibernate for they, another year. They hibernate until the nearest it's election. It's our courage, bro. We gotta hide. They hibernate and wait till the nearest election. <laughs> where they can come out and blow Democrats oh out of the water every, every time. No, they try vote. to attack the Capitol again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry good. to all our Republicans. No, you're not. <laughs> That was awful. Go on. Okay. So after that, we see Mitch go to the mall and we see how empty it is. Boring. And, and not only that, but we get to see the security has to go through just the shop. Our, we live in a red state, so our mall's just like, come on in. Bro, our the masks mall... are optional. Okay. <laughs> or don't wear them at all. Heck, we'll pay you not to wear your here, mask. Here was how our mall, uh, well, we have multiple, we have a few malls, but the main mall we go to, uh, here's how this is set up. Inside the mall, it was an indoor mall, uh, you didn't have to wear a mask, but if you went inside a store, 
in the mall. You had to. So food court. Uh, it's all fair game. Yeah, food food court. The, it's called the COVID the, game. The escalators, <laughs> the elevators, the anywhere really like the upper about upper walkway, the lower walkway didn't matter. No mask. <laughs> but but by God, if you go in the uh, GameStop or the Apple Store or Forever Twenty One, you best God put forbid, that mask on. Oh, don't, <laughs> the Apple guy don't even get me started on Banana Republic because <laughs> e- even before the pandemic Banana Republic had maybe like a half customer a day so like I don't know what they were worried about but you go in there without a mask and they they steal your clothes and then mark them up by $50 <laughs> so Mitch okay so he goes to the mall he gets something we see Alan being questioned by Dennis, saying that he's lied about Fuck having Alan. the virus since he had no antibodies. Honestly, my first initial watch, I thought Alan did have the virus, and that first yeah, just so happened to work for him. No, I don't think, no, he was lying. Bro, you say like Alex Jones doesn't exist. <laughs> what? Do you know who Alex Jones is? No. He was, he, he's the guy on InfoWars. Mm-hmm. He recently, he was the guy who made up, that's why I brought that, I said that earlier. He was oh. the guy who's like, they're turning, the, they're putting in the water supply, they're making the fucking oh, frogs gay. Oh, that's guy? That, that guy, okay. uh, also the same guy who uh, was like, oh, Sandy Hook was a hoax. <laughs> and like, he was like, he had him and his fans hate mailing mm-hmm. the, the kids who died, their parents or whatever. And I guess the parents, like, sued him. They were like, this is for not only spreading falsehoods, but also causing your fans to attack us. Mm-hmm. And he lost that lawsuit. Wow. So he has to pay. He's, he's broke. <laughs> Wild. Like, he has no money. Or he will have no money. He's broke. So we learned that this lie had made Alan four and a half million dollars. Like, oh my god. Like, I think about that, and I'm like, it doesn't look like you have $4 million, but I don't, I want to know how much you pay for the hat suit. The half-ass hat suit. It was Well, no, okay, so that was the thing. His bail was, like, $12 million? Yes! Oh but my like, god! His bail was $12 million, mm-hmm. and it was paid for all by donations from his fans. Wild, bro. Did you not remember that? No, I remember. I didn't know it was paid for by his fans. I thought that Dennis was just joking when he was like, oh, it's other people as crazy as you are. Uh-huh. So next scene, we see Lyle and Dr. G were given the vaccine for him and Aubrey. <laughs> Lyle tells them that they have a scheduled hearing for the both as they're asked to be tested. Yeah, because I uh, think oh, Dr. Cheever was valid in what he did. Do you think what he did was wrong? I, think, I, I don't think what he did was wrong because everyone was leaving. Like, mm. We saw like the Minnesota yeah. border, Minnesota Wisconsin border. I think it was justified. Because I'm pretty, I would do the same thing. If I knew something and I knew For you me? were going to, yeah, and I knew you were going to get out, like, I would tell you. I would have just come with you to begin with. I'm like, I don't know why. <laughs> no, but anyway, and, uh, I'm, t- I'm taking a month-long vacation to go, to, to go, <laughs> to go watch my wife work. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, but mm-hmm. like, uh, where were we at? So, before Cheever gives his vaccine oh, to yeah. Aubrey, Cheever goes and gives it to Roger's son. After giving Oscar. Roger's... <laughs> Did you find out with him? Oh, no. I was looking at it. I remember. <laughs> so, Roger's son, Anthony, uh, gives him his son, Anthony, the vaccine. He tells him that he can't give him the bracelet to prove that he had the vaccine, but he knows that he'll be safe. And Roger responds with better than waiting seven more months. So, Anthony had to wait seven months for his turn, which really sucks. Oh. I, I swear to God I heard Oscar. It's Roger, isn't it? Yeah, it's Roger. Stupid. I swear to God I heard Oscar, though. It's Roger. I don't, I don't know why. So Aubrey, Maybe I just saw a trash can and was like, oh, the grouch. 
So Anthony shakes Dr. Cheever's hand, and Cheever asks him if he knows why people shook hands back then. He says no, and he tells him. Related, by the way. (laughs) This happens, okay, and it is related. He tells him it was a way for people to tell you that you weren't carrying a weapon. He tells Roger that you offered your empty right hand to mean you showed no harm, and he wonders if the virus does the same. So he starts seeing more people handshake as before. Uh, before Lyle, uh, with Lyle and Dr. Cheever, he was like, oh, you know, congratulations on being married, I'd shake your hand, but I don't want to look, you know, set about example. So people are starting to touch each other again. And we see that Cheever put on his bracelet just to basically show that Aubrey that he already took his. Yeah. And he gives Aubrey hers, and she states that if they weren't married, she would have to wait another year. Mm-hmm. Which is so crazy. It is now day 135 of the virus, and we see Alan walking. He's taking pictures of people standing in line to get their vaccine. You then see Allie and her assistant into their normal jaws with the hazmat suits. Hazmat. We, we cut back to Alan interviewing people, back to Allie dealing with more vaccines. Um, cut back to people waiting in line in the stadium getting vaccines. We see people get vaccinated. We cut back to Allie putting the virus SARS. That's, our, that's ours! Woo woo! Oh, it's, not, it's not ours. I mean, isn't ours like a mutated version of that? It's, yeah, it's in the SARS family. Yeah, so it's ours. <laughs> our, our SARS. We need to, we need to represent COVID. Represent. <laughs> H1N1 and the new virus and V1 into this cold still container. As she locks the door, those she are, has... That's uh, their samples. I was going to ask you. I was like, I don't know what these calls are. I'm going to ask Christian. samples. It's where they keep their samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she locks the door, she has a look of content on her face, and has her and her partner walk okay, away. Okay, can I talk about this part? Yeah, about Jory, about her yeah, looking so at the pictures. Jory, Jory gets like a, pa- uh, a package, I don't know if it's from Mitch or her it boyfriend. It is from Mitch. It's it, 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 oh, oh, yeah, it's right. Yeah, because he, he has a thing. It, it's, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a prom dress for Yeah, her. and he has a note that says, Jay, be ready at 8, Dad. Yeah, oh, I didn't really see that part. I didn't see the note, I just saw the gif. I, was, mm-hmm. I looked away. Anyway, uh, he gave Jory this box, and it's a pink prom dress or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's excited. She hugs it. Um, uh, Mitch goes to look for his camera so mm-hmm. he can take a photo of him and Jory, of Jory and uh, mm-hmm. her boyfriend, because he's there. And, yeah. they're, and they're having a little slow dance moment in the yeah. living room, which is cute. But um, he doesn't come to the camera, and he finds it, and he turns it on, and on it are photos from Beth when mm-hmm. she was in uh, Macau. Yeah. And he's scrolling through. It's her with eating this food, yeah. her getting drunk. Yeah. Or drink, drinking, and then he starts crying. Well, yeah, and he starts crying because he. And that's like the first time we see him mourn for Beth. Yeah, and he's like seeing all the these photos of the food she's eating yeah. and the, the important people. And uh, did you think you were just gonna? Okay, And Jory's like, "Hey, Dad, you have the camera." And he's like, "Oh uh, yeah," like he's crying. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm the," or he's like, "Daddy, coming." Uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking for the camera," or whatever. It, yeah, even even though he got cheated on, he still loved. He her, still obviously. loved Beth, yeah. I, I, and that was the first time, like I, days have gone by. He finally mourned for it's, Beth. It's been, it's been almost a, a yeah. year at that point. But anyway, yeah. but like he, uh, but then like there's a flashback scene. This is this is my favorite part. I know, I know. Before, before we get there, there, I know, I know. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. Did you think she was gonna he was gonna find a picture of her and Neil together? Probably. Dude, I was like, <laughs> every time he like changed the thing. Oh, oh okay, okay. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> so there's a flashback scene. So, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it's... Okay, go ahead. Yeah. All right, so Beth, she's eating some food, and mm-hmm. she talks to somebody, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, or whatever, and that's, and that's whatever. But then, but then, it fades, uh, to... Actually, no, 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 it's, uh, that, that, that happens after. Yeah. But it, so it's Mitch talking, I know, it's Mitch talking, uh, or looking at the camera, and then it fades into something, and then it fades into, uh, there's a, a forest. Mm-hmm. And... 
there's a bulldozer. Now let me say something about the bulldozer. Um, uh, I'll come back to the bulldozer, but just don't, don't, don't let me forget. A okay. bulldozer clears over some trees yeah. and a bunch of bats fly out. Yeah. A, one of the bats it shows the next day. Mm -hmm. It's uh, eating on some banana or whatever, or a piece of fruit. I thought it was banana. Mm -hmm. And it, he flies off or something and he drops a piece of banana in a pig pen. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, this pig, he eats the banana or whatever, mm -hmm. and then uh, it's sold to some guy in a market, mm -hmm. and then the pig's sold to the restaurant. The restaurant mm -hmm. goes to him. And he's uh, preparing the pig or whatever, raw meat, not cooked or whatever. And uh, he gets notice from the guy in the hotel that Beth talked to, or that someone talked to. Mm -hmm. And I guess Beth wants to meet the chef. Mm -hmm. And they go, and uh, they're shaking hands mm -hmm. looking, and looking at a, someone taking their picture. And that picture mm -hmm. is the one that uh, Mitch was staring at mm -hmm. at the very end. Mm -hmm. And there's a title card that says, uh, in this moment, the one where the mm -hmm. Mitch was looking at the camera, we saw this mm -hmm. photo. There's a title card, Day One. I know, you're like, oh, fuck! <laughs> but, there's something I want to say. <laughs> Best company, I don't know uh, if you remember the name of it. It's like I-A-M Elderson. Either way. Uh, do you remember them talking about why Beth was in Macau? Uh-uh. They were breaking ground on a new uh, uh, building for their company, okay? Mm -hmm. The bulldozer mm -hmm. had the logo of Best Company yeah. on it. Be that the Beth being there for the company thing mm -hmm. is in that company thing you know they were breaking ground you know they're starting building yeah they were clearing trees yeah is what caused her to get yeah sick. sick and die and start this whole thing now that's when I say it now I think this was divine intervention <laughs> now that brings me to this what if in some weird indirect route your job killed you <laughs> it means I'm working too hard it's just crazy. Isn't that crazy how it ends? Yeah. Like, when you get to the beginning, it says day two, and you're like, what? Where's day one? And then well, at the let end... Let me rewind real quick. <laughs> maybe, maybe if I go through the Universal logo five more times, I'll get it. <laughs> you're just like, day what? What? Wait. What? It is just, it's so crazy. Like, Why so crazy. Like, oh my gosh. So, my first question is, did you enjoy this movie? Yeah. Really? Would you watch it again? I'd watch it again, but mm -hmm. not for a while. Like, yeah. I've never seen it. Like, what would you yeah. watch it now? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to go watch it on my own. And, but like, would, in, with, within the next few months. Yeah. So, would you watch it high? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not that scary. Yeah. I feel like it, it's, if you're high, you'll go to sleep. Yeah. It's not scary it's like just, the trailers were. We I've never found myself bored let, by it. Let's watch the trailer. It was very... It was very interesting that hour, I never hour and a half found, went yeah, by fast literally i've never found myself bored by it um i enjoyed it i really liked it i like some of the characters there are characters i found enjoyable you know yeah like cheever mirrors dave wait hold on no shot no shot <laughs> okay so the the thing was produced by warner brothers mm -hmm. Uh, oh, okay, never mind, sorry. I was looking at someone else. Uh, <laughs> I, I was looking at the date when it came out, yeah. and no, one of them was kind of specific. But yeah, it don't, yeah, It don't matter, it don't matter. Yeah. Alright, go on. Let's watch a trailer. Let's see how scary this was. This one was terrifying as a kid. And I remember people were watching it like, oh my god, yeah, it's so scary. I'll set you guys. Oh, here, I'll go back and start over for you guys. <laughs> Ceremony for a new factory. This 
you mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane? The airport? <laughs> no, she said she was jet-lagged. The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Beth! No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. She had a history of seizures. No, no, no. Allergies. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Also, what a shitty way to tell someone. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, she, so uh, we were taking care of her, and then unfortunately there were complications, and uh, unfortunately your wife did die. Apparently, um, doctors are actually really bad about breaking bad news. They need to people. give them a PR <laughs> class. What happened to her? What happened to her? Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu? Is that what we're looking at? Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that. The birds are doing that. <laughs> uh, my, my, my face when uh, Albert Hitchcock got an inspiration from this movie. <laughs> no, we don't need to weaponize it. The birds are already doing it. <laughs> He's British, so close enough. <laughs> but no, like the trailer like looks so scary for what was, not gonna lie, a boring movie. I like, thought it was boring? Well, no, no, not boring, but comparatively, mm. compared to what the trailers made it seem like, mm. it made it seem like, oh, also, I just want to say this, just because I've seen the movie recently, and I've read the book recently, mm-hmm. this is what World War Z should have been. <laughs> oh, yeah. World, World War Z can keep someone, yes. like, the fighting. Yeah. But I want to know yeah. about the, the virus, uh, the rabies virus. Uh-huh. Af- they called it African rabies, but it wasn't. <laughs> but, um, but, like... Like, oh, cool, it, it's Matt Damon, and he's in South Korea. Oh, wait, no, now he's in Israel. Oh, wait, no, now he's in England. Oh, wait, oh, what? The zombies won't attack you if they think you're sick? Which isn't how viruses work. <laughs> viruses will dog pound the shit out of you. Like, yeah. like, oh, you're already sick? That makes it easier for us. <laughs> viruses don't care about who's a suitable host. They care if it's possible for them to replicate. Yeah. And so I thought that the whole premise was stupid. Even when I was younger, when War Z came out, but um, the movie, or not the Booker movie. Yeah, but, I uh, got you. I got you. But like, uh, I don't know, like that, like that whole anticipation leading up, and then mm. like right in in World War Z, like the Great Panic, that yeah. should have been what, what this was, because that's yeah. what we saw here. And the Great Panic in the book, people are mm-hmm. panic buying, yeah. and they're trying to leave, yeah. and some places are stopping them from leaving and whatnot, mm-hmm. just like in this book. Yeah. But in the movie, you don't see any of that. Yeah, I do like how the virus is kind of seen like this scary, invisible monster. Like, it's a zombie movie without it being a zombie movie, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a zombie movie minus the zombies. It's Literally, really yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty good <laughs> description, actually. Thank you. So it's a zombie movie without the zombies. That's I don't think I could watch this high just because I feel like oh my god, oh my god, I'm like need to wash my hands excessively. But um, I wanted to ask from this movie: is this a puff puff pass or a puff puff smash? Definitely a puff puff smash. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I would say, you know, I'd say it's a smash too. I I enjoyed it. I could see myself watching it again, and I never got bored, and I never got like. 
oh, I feel dumb, except for that one part with Allie. And I think that's why I didn't like her as a character. Which brings me back, who is your nightmare blunt rotation in this cast? Um, Beth. <laughs> right off the bat. Okay. But even just with the scenes when she's, quote, having fun yeah. in the casino, she's <laughs> acting like a robot. Dude, literally, I'm like, <laughs> she's constipated for giving goop. Okay, Beth. Okay. Um... Uh, Alan. Okay. And I'm not just listing the villains. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah, yeah. I list a few good people. Mm-hmm. Beth, Alan, um, Dr. Cheever's uh, fiance, mm-hmm. wife. Aubrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I say I'm not listing the villains, listed the three people I have the most beef with. <laughs> uh, okay, one more. I'll do two more. <laughs> okay. Just, I feel like cause that's not fair. I listed like three people that I already don't like. <laughs> they um, said a nightmare blunt rotation. <laughs> And uh, city council lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mine would be Ali. Did not like what? her. I just she was so she saved the world. Yeah, she saved the world, but she was just annoying. Like she's like the guy's like. So how was your Thanksgiving? And she's like, I was looking at H one N one and stars all day. Beep boop boop beep boop 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 boop. So Allie, goes, boop, 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 boop. so oh, you mean the one that goes, boop, boop, boop. Allie, Jory, <laughs> the MEV one <laughs> virus. You're putting the virus in the yes. Whoever smokes. When next. going through all those people, I think he needs to show up. Whoever, whoever takes a puff next in the rotation. Um luck. and Lorraine, because I think she just needs to chill out. <laughs> That's my nightmare fun rotation. <laughs> so you can find Contagion. We found it on Netflix they took in the it off US. Netflix for a while. Yeah, but you can find there. it now on Netflix. You can find me <laughs> at Sarah Desert at twitter.com or is now irrelevant on Instagram. I, you know, I want to spell that out. Like you don't have Instagram anymore, and uh, spell out your Twitter. <laughs> At symbol S A H A R A. It is not S A H A. Yes, it is. It's Sahara Desert. Oh, I thought, I thought you, you, you just said Sarah Desert. That's, not what I said. That's what you said. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>